and and kind of drifts a little bit, mm. sends it super wide, and I quick look over the shoulder. No one's there. I swerve, and then I go. Is that the you cop think that's that? who the cop was looking for? Oh, shoot. I, last year when I raced Pikes Peak, I was racing the GT4 category, and I think everyone in the world were, was lo- looking at what Hoonigan was doing with their car and then what Joey Seeley did with uh, his project, which is based on a GT3R, a 2017 model. And uh, and uh, an opportunity, he called me up and he said, are you racing again? I said, yeah, I'm going to go back and defend the title, and I want to break the record. I was really strong about going back. And breaking the record in the GT4 class, and he goes, "Well, why don't you consider racing the GT3R?" And it's, it's quite a jump. And you're going four four and twenty horsepower to twelve hundred horsepower. Yeah. What's up, folks? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Off the Record, our favorite ticket fighting service. As I have said over and over, the idea that police give you tickets for how you drive and set it against a backdrop of safety is completely ridiculous. There are so many other factors that go into road safety. None of them have to do with fines. That is a financial ecosystem that you are participating in voluntarily by pleading guilty. Don't plead guilty. Go to Off the Record. They get those points off of your record. Off the Record will set you up with a qualified attorney in the jurisdiction in which you were ticketed Big ticket, small ticket, it's got to be a moving violation. doesn't work with parking tickets, but any moving violation you can think of, offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off The Record app. And what they do is they'll set you up with an attorney in that area. They will fight that ticket on your behalf and get those points off the record. And if they don't do it, You don't pay them. It's that easy. All you got to do is snap a photo of the ticket or scan it, send it in, and they handle the rest. A lot of times you don't hear from anybody ever again until they get a thing saying the ticket's been dismissed. It's great. They'll go to court for you. You don't have to go to court. It is quite a good system. Every week I get a letter from one or two people about how stoked they are that I told them about off the record because they saved their backsides. You know what I'm saying? So, offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off The Record app and use code TST10. Download the Off The Record app and use code TST10. It'll get you 10% off all legal services from Off The Record. Just keep that app on your phone. Use that code to sign up. That way, if you get pulled over, you don't have to sweat it out. You know Off The Record has got your back. And, of course, we're also brought to you by Dylan Optics Sunglasses. You know those awesome sunglasses that I wear, Zach wears, in every single video. Whenever you see us at an event, whenever we're out on the street, we're rocking the Dylan Optics. There are dozens of different frame styles and then a bunch of different colored lenses, the NIR polarized lens. Every pair of Dylan Optics has the high-end lens. There's no cheapy lens. They all have the good lens. They've even got prescriptions available if you need the prescriptions for the sunglasses. 
By mixing and matching frame style and lens style, you can end up with a very unique pair of sunglasses that almost no one will see you coming. That you won't, you'll, you'll never see another person wearing the same Dylans as you're wearing. It just, it just won't happen. I've been wearing these things for ten years. It's never happened to me. Uh, I love the aviator style. I like the wraparound style. I like the Wayfarer style. They're all great. So go to thesmokingtire.com and click on that partners tab. And there's the Dylan banner. If you use that link to buy a pair of Dylan Optic sunglasses, we'll send you a free Smoking Tire t-shirt with each pair of frames that you order. So, thesmokingtire.com, partners tab, Dylan link. That's it. There's no codes to type in. It's just a trackback link. And we'll send you a free Smoking Tire t-shirt for supporting the people who support us. All right, folks, on this episode of the podcast... It's Steve Serio and Cam Ingram. Steve is a, uh, a car dealer for life. He used to have the franchise for Aston Martin and Lotus up in uh, the Boston area. Now he's a little bit of a behind-the-scenes guy. He helps uh, broker seven-figure cars deep in the six-figure cars, historically significant cars, um, and he's got some stories for us, and he's got big opinions that he has no problem sharing about a variety variety of topics. And Cam Ingram, who is uh, the president of Road Scholars, which is a, uh, a sales and restoration place for vintage Porsche and Ferrari uh, in North Carolina. Cam is also a racing driver, runs at Pikes Peak, uh, runs at some of the uh, GT4 classes with his Cayman GT4s. And so we're talking about Porsche. We're talking about the collector car market, high end and medium end, and a whole lot more with Cam Ingram and Steve Serio on today's episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast. Just moving that, that Avis rental car, that was a terrible car. That's terrible. All right. <laughs> terrible. You, 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 imagine car. my surprise when that I pulled up at, to the, the little spot yesterday and went. Can you imagine that Infinity was like, got all through product development and design said, this is great. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one. Yeah. This is going to do it. That <laughs> happens sometimes I where I drive a car and I go, can you imagine that they, they decided to stop at this? They said green light. Yeah. Green light that. And right now, Zach read it. And right now I'm reading a book. What's David's book called? I'm blanking on the title. Inside the Machine. Inside the Machine by mm-hmm. a guy named David Twig, mm-hmm. who is an engineer and a, a product, like a lead engineer for vehicle design and also and wrote a book. And now he writes for the Intercool with those guys over in England. Oh, yeah. And he does, He helped, he led the project for the Alpine um, A110, the new one. Yeah, the new one. Yeah, and the Nissan Qashqai, uh, Quash, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's like the mini rogue in Europe. Um, and obviously there's like a lot of people and a lot of moving parts and a lot of compromises, a lot of regulations. And mm-hmm. so I think reading that book gives me like a little more sympathy right. for things when it's like they don't always go the way you want. But sometimes you drive a car and you go, this this is where you guys stopped. This, this was a compromise? <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we saw that last night. Did you drive the new Amiri yet? Yes, I did. Do you like it? Like, like it, yes. I do like it. You think anybody will buy it? Yes, I That's do. That's a hell of a bargain. What's the, what's the oh. demo? 
Uh, Who's the, the demo? demo? Is people who so you used uh, to save this for the show. This, this is, is the show. This is the show. Oh. <laughs> this is the show. We are doing oh, the show. Oh shit! The, the people who will buy. We're talking about cars now. I mean, uh, even I knew that. Oh, I didn't the, know that. I was like, I the thing this. I've said to everybody is, if you don't want Smart or guy. can't get a Cayman GTS or GT4, that's that. You know, like the like the McLaren 650 uh, or the Mercedes AMG GTS was like the best. Best car you could get if you didn't want a four five eight. Right. This this is the best car that you can get if you don't want or can't get a Cayman. So as an ex dealer, yeah, we would lose people when they would say, when they'd come in to drive the Avora. I love it. I love yeah. it. I love it. It's great. Okay, so why can't you close them? Well, I'm just going to go compare it to a Cayman. Oh, and you never then you see just go them like again. This. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Let me know what color Cayman you buy. And last night when we were, uh, we had dinner with Hannah and Magnus last night, and they Hannah had the car. Oh, yeah. She's got the blue one right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That they couldn't deliver, I guess, a month ago or so to her because of whatever Something. quasi-mechanical. Door handles falling off. You know, probably, the, the shit they can never fix in those cars. Shifter linkage things. Um, <laughs> but it, I, so I said... What do you like? I like this. I like that. And Magnus said, I like this. I like that. He said, I don't like one thing. He said, what is it? The way it sounds. I said, well, no shit. It's a Toyota Celica motor. I actually do I, like how it sounds. And I, I, you hear it? Yeah, the whistle. It's that kind of a whistle. Well, you get some supercharger wine yeah. and... You don't like oh, cereal no. doesn't like how it sounds, but no. I think it sounds pretty good. I think the whole package is really compelling for yeah. the price point. Yeah. The package looked great. It, a big improvement over the You can get a car with Cayman GT4 speed. Mm-hmm. At Cayman S price, yeah. So there's that, yeah. And it does look very exotic. It, it does. rides better than a Cayman GT4 it does, too. It ride the ride is pretty good. So, can, so come more compliant. Yep. Yeah, but yeah. still really agile. It's yeah. a good mix. Yeah. Reminded me of the Corvette somehow by the profile. I don't know. I mean, I like the Corvette, and I, th- I see McLaren yeah. Artura in it a lot. It looks like it looks. It's got some McLaren in it to me. I love the greenhouse, the ergonomics yeah. of it. All of it just resonates, and you can tell where all four wheels are. It's yeah. a very nice package. There, like I to, think there's a lot to like about that car. I'd like to drive but, it. But, you know, I've got a Boxster Spider, yeah. and I'm not trading. Yeah, yeah well, you know. that's one of the best products that Porsche ever made. For sure. GT, GT4 and Spider are, are possibly the best car on Most sale Most underrated right model yeah. ever that made. People are figuring out, though. I know. My customers here, right. the heavy hitters, they're right. all buying them. Right. They're all trading out well, their tourings. Easy to drive. And they're buying spiders. Yeah. Well, because where you go, that's why I'm selling my 911R. Where am I, I, you have to drive it like your hair's on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love driving it if I'm going 100 miles. Yeah. If I'm not going 100 miles. Well, the roads I, are ugh. the same size as they've been for the last 50 years. Correct. The roads aren't bigger. The cars are bigger. Yes. So give me the car that fits the size of the road that we have to work with now, please. <laughs> you know, the, the, the Spider and the GT4 yeah. are 997 sized. Yes. That is the right size. We don't need to be bigger than that. Right. Like, you can't fit more people in a 911 now <laughs> than you could in 2009. I'm sorry. Well, that's just, what I said about the Amira last night. I said, tell me they didn't offer this in a 2 plus 2 because they used to do that with the Avora. Yeah, and I it's know. Like, I, do, do, it's not a 2 plus 2 I couldn't find an optional right? backseat. No. Yeah. Good. 
because yeah. it's, that's that's just nuts. It's like my vanquish. Yeah. It's just a uh, well cushioned <laughs> luggage shelf <laughs> is what you know. The nicest of luggage. Yeah, my vanquish might have been the only one in history that where the back seat was used because Ralph Lauren is five foot three or something <laughs> and could act. Someone could actually fit back there. <laughs> so yeah. he was sitting with the extendo pedals with the seat all the way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's somebody that could jam in behind. Yeah. Him. No, I, I think the Amira is a it's a nice thing. It's just yeah. like it, it just just don't drive a Cayman first. Well, and, or and, can you build that car now that you want to? Now that you've got a company behind you that is a little less probably sensitive to the bottom line, how many of them you, would you sell at sixty nine thousand dollars? You'd sell sure every yeah. single one that came in. Sure, and that was always going to be a loss leader for their SUV product. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the. Have you heard about the multi platform? 40,000 units that they want to get to? Uh, I've Yeah, but I haven't paid much attention because yeah. I don't give a shit. But tell us. But tell us. Dealer. No, X dealer. X two and a half years ago. X dealer. I got rid of all of that, Matt. That's why my hair is thicker and yeah. my skin is <laughs> glowing. And so yeah. Nice. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> now you spend all your time putting miles on your speedster and you're much happier he's for not, it. He's not very bitter, man, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is the best part about the, the car, the retail sales business, getting out of it? Yeah, it's like owning a boat. Yeah. The two happiest days when you buy it and when you sell it. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I it was a it it'd become thankless and it's funny. I was talking to an old colleague from the Aston Martin world yesterday, and we were talking about that whole product. And I was looking for a Valkyrie, and we were laughing about the fact that they still haven't been delivered in the U.S. They're five years behind. Sure. And and then he went down the road of how management is even. They're a bigger group of snipes now than they used to be because now that you've got Italians involved and now you've got people that uh, have come under the new the new ownership who are just grinding the eyeballs out of everybody mm. to get stuff sold. And it's Shocking. like, you know, you get eight months worth of DBX on the ground. What do you think the problem is? Yeah. Yeah, it's not the dealers. Why do you want a Valkyrie? I don't. No, a oh. client. Oh, oh okay. no, I don't. No, 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 no. Stop it. But that whole concept has come and gone. I mean, what do you do with that? I mean, how many guys take that to the track, to Willow Springs or, you know? I don't know. I, I, I have no idea. I, I don't think anyone, I think people cruise them around Knightsbridge is what people do with them. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that. And from what I've been told, the the road car right. is a nightmare on the track. Right. It's, it's just... It's too much power, and, you know, to put a road tire on it around mm -hmm. on a car that's really designed for slicks. You have to reduce the downforce to a point where the car is very, very hairy. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got the AMR Pro, which is, you know, requires a whole team to, to operate. To I think there's three AMR Pros at Thermal. Yeah. And which, by the way, a lovely place. Right. Shout out to Thermal. Yeah. But you want to talk about a track that's not enough space for one of those things. <laughs> you know, Thermal's a Cayman GT4 track. Yes. That's not a fucking Valkyrie track. <laughs> you, need, you need spa for one of those yeah, things. Absolutely. Silverstone. Well, that's just it. And they can deliver those because in order to deliver them, you need a team of people. So you're not worried about day-to-day -day driving. Right, right. And... Yeah, so a, a handful of road cars, I guess, have been delivered in Europe. Finally. I mean, yeah, according to Instagram, there are at least four or five of them running around Monaco and London. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's the reality. Fortunately, it's not like someone's like, "Yo, my lease is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a delay on my Valkyrie." <laughs> <laughs>
I was gonna like I was waiting on this thing. I had to paint. You know, my wife's got to turn in her A4. Hurry the fuck up. I got a PTS Valkyrie that we got a supply chain problem on the carbon disc. Oh yeah. I don't. You just described like three Porsche problems at once. I just I just changed. It was very subtle. That was the PTS holdup, the carbon disc. You just fucking mashed all that and then blamed a different company. I got my sport classic. Oh, yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah, and a lot of people haven't. How are you liking your sport classic? That's why the R is going. You said it's oh, the best really? 911. Yeah. It's the best really? modern Zach 911. Zach went to Germany and had a little go. I yeah, haven't gotten a drive yeah. one yet. Well, what do you think? I, I drove it for a day. You drove it for more, I hope. I've, I've never owned a manual transmission two-wheel drive Porsche Turbo. And I think, again, it's way mm. more car for real-time driving. And to mm. your point, that's why your car is more sensible. Yeah. But I think it's probably, along with the W12 Bentley, the most capable thing I've ever driven. So and does it, the it, fact that it's, like, not really a GT car actually make it better? Yes. Yeah. For me, it does. Have you driven one? Mm-hmm. You like it? Love it. Do you have Do you have one? It's coming. He yeah, his, his. his is coming. I've got Hippie Pizza's coming. A client's is coming. Uh, two client's cars are coming. And... I ordered mine last, and mine came first, and it was all. <laughs> it was, they're happy. all like, "How'd you get your car?" I'm like, well, it was slate gray, so it was PTS. The tartan seats, so that was special wishes. I don't know why I got maybe mine first. Maybe they're doing the highest spec first and working their way down. Right down <laughs> to yeah, the commoners, yeah. to go back to, to the plebeians. Yeah, but like you asked, what the demo is for the uh, the Amira? So for you guys, have you driven? Other Porsche cars, rear-wheel drive turbo, like GTS or any of those. Sure. I love the GTS. GTS so, is great. Did you get Sport Classic? Because, I mean, obviously, it's more exclusive. Like, was that why you got it? Because I, I felt like it it was a great car to drive, but I couldn't separate it enough in my brain from justifying some of their the- other rear-wheel drive turbo cars to kind of justify the price in terms of driving experience. I think yeah. it's it's some of the icon of the original Sport Classic. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what it's a driver. You know, if you're a collector, you're looking at the bookends, you know, aspect of it. But it's also some of those design, like anything, beyond the driving experience, it's some of those gimmick, gimmicky design things, but are awesome. It looks awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like that smooth, corduroy smooth and oh, the Targa I mean, heritage. It's worth, like, it's worth hundred thousand dollars. I'll fuck with that. Tar- there you that go. corduroy all Moving day. That shit is fire. Stuff, like yeah. it, it, it's a better looking car. Absolutely, it's a much better looking it's car. What, it's what got me hooked on the first one. Mm-hmm. I turned a corner in London. I can tell you exactly where it was. And I had never seen one in person, knew very little about it in 2010. Turned a corner and went, that's the most beautiful 911 I've ever seen. That's what made From me From the, the 997 Sport Classic yeah. back then. Those are very pretty. And, so, you know, and everyone just said the 997, starting to wrap yeah, yeah. Everyone just said the 997 you know, Sport Classic. It's just a power package car. It's actually like per Nosticator to the 99, you know, GTS. Yeah. And it's just a beautifully balanced car you could drive so, every day. Of course, yeah, no one's driving them every day, but... It's, it's too bad. They're too, it's they're, a perfect they're too package. valuable it, to use it, every day. Correct. I just told this. It was at Luft this past weekend. You, were, you weren't there, were you? My brother was there and some of my staff. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I saw uh, Bob Ingram Plaza, which was very nice, and nice. I saw your race car there. Um, I didn't think you were there. But um, I was talking to the Porsche, uh, one of the guys from Porsche, and I was like, yeah, the worst thing about the Dakar is that it's limited production because a whole mm-hmm. bunch of people that would be having a great time if it was just a regular car yeah. are instead going to stuff it away. Correct. You know, and if you if it was just a regular production car, they'd treat them like they were disposable, and that would be awesome. 
they're going to sit in collections and Which garages and not be used yeah. when a whole segment of the population that would actually drive that as daily. Yeah. And it'd be a great daily. It's, yeah. It would be cool. It'd be cool. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of collectors and Zwart. Yep. <laughs> Zwart will be using that and flogging it everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll take his canoe on it. And, yeah. yeah. Zwart told a great story about he wanted the uh, sport classic tail on the car. Uh-huh. And then we got into this rabbit hole of why they couldn't do it because mm. of the plumbing and the, you know, everything. Yeah, well, it has, it has top mount uh, intakes because of the sand and stuff like that. So I, I'm not surprised, but fucking Joey Seeley will figure out a way to make that work. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll put something There's on no there. There's no doubt. It'll be all right. Yeah, Joey will the handle that. The suspension will be better. Everything will be yeah, better. Yeah, he'll handle that. Did you see his turbo? Yeah, I didn't. I saw pictures of it. Yeah, Joey Seeley built a 991 Turbo S Safari. It's really clean and classy yeah. looking that's yeah. what i like about it and it looks world. like porsche could have done it correct it's not it's not that different from what the dakar looks like yes although apparently it's like got full nose to tail skid plates which dakar does not have yeah um, which is sensible that's a really smart thing to do on that car if you actually i love joey's, use it. joey's yeah. builds are so practical and clean mm -hmm. i like yeah. the aesthetic clean cleanliness of his yeah. builds. yeah yeah um <laughs> so how many miles do you have on your sport classic so far the new one? No, yeah, the, I, new one. I, uh, the, the old one, I've put 5,000 miles on. I bought it with 300. Um, the new one's, it, it, I'm, I think I'm over 500. Okay. So uh, That's I, impressive. It, yeah, I just, I, I like. You just got it. I just got it. Yeah. yeah. A couple, three weeks ago. Oh, okay. And it's. Great color. To go back, to, the, to, go back to, to Zach's point, it all had to do with the aesthetic for me. It, it just all, it had to do with the look and the fact that. It you know it kind of matched the older car, mm -hmm. um, so I like having both of them. And if I had to narrow, we've talked about this. If I had to narrow down owning, you know, just two 911s, those would be, there'd be bookends. And mm. it's wow. the, the original car. It's all about the interior too. You get in the car and go, everything in here is leather. How did they do this back yeah. at the time? The everything is covered yeah. in leather. Um, and the new one, I didn't want to have matchy matchy with the light gray with the it, make it look like the old car. So yeah. that's why I went completely. Different, no stripes, no gumball on it, no, and with the tartan the interior, mm -hmm. yeah, correct. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. a, a little bit we too marketing. Really it's that. a little too marketing. Yeah. What, what race are you in, buddy? <laughs> it's not as bad as that, that target where they did the oh. the, the fender toppers. Do you remember the red metallic <laughs> with the fender the topper? I was like, toppers. I was like, who thought who greenlighted this? And Porsche like, said, this is great. Great. There was some stuff that was like they just like pulled it off some three fifty six race car or something. It's like that's where it was. I see why this made it to the boardroom table. Yeah, right. I don't know why it made it out of that room. You right. know, it should have not made it on the cars. But you know, Steve is popping his uh, Sport Classic watch. You oh, know? Yeah, he's, he's, oh, did you got matchy-matchy watch? Like, look, of course he did. He's that guy. He's that guy. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I got Sport Classic. <laughs> Do you print out the spec and tape it, it to the windshield when you go to the car show? Of course he does. It actually goes uphill douchey from there. Yeah, yeah. That's what you lost. He gets in there and starts it up and revs it. I bought, a, uh, I bought a yellow dial Rolex Oyster Perpetual from Ooh. a guy you know the the, the yeah. Stella dial I really yeah. wanted the yellow yeah. and I met a guy who had the yellow yeah. and he goes oh yeah I don't wear that anymore I go why not that watch is awesome he goes I bought it to match my LaFerrari and I just sold oh. the car and I go pfft <laughs> Let me take that watch. And by the way, let me lowball the fucking shit out of you for that watch. A hundred percent. Now the law Ferrari's you just gone. Made $2 million on the car. You can dump the watch at cost, buddy. Whoa. Stella's an interesting concept. I got a friend and a client who's... The dials? Yeah. 
They're he's, very pretty. He's I like got, them, too. Yeah, I think he's got hundreds of them. Hundreds? Yeah. yeah. No, he's a savant. On oh, that's, okay, I have one. Yeah. So. <laughs> he's got, he's got <laughs> different. Safe's full of them. Really? It's his thing. And oh, he found okay. a collector that had uh, hoarded them in Europe and never took them out of the boxes, that kind of thing. And that's weird. He would, he would buy, that. like, that's human psychology at a time and his car collecting, hoarding. Yeah. yeah, and it's so he was like, I, I think I think there's a more, you know cool thing to have and put yeah. away. And so how many do you have? And he was like, Well, how many did they make? And it was like, Oh, eighty percent of the stock ever made. <laughs> yeah, he's like the guy with the dinos. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, Tony. 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 Chairs and flares, baby. He, All of them. That's masochistic. He's kind of gone. He's kind of gone around. From the scene. Well, he's the around. Scene. Uh, yeah, we see him a little. We see really? him once in a while in Malibu. Yeah, he's all right. He's all right. I haven't seen him forever. He's uh, <laughs> he, 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 the market and retired, right? Yeah, he's enter- he's entertaining. He's building out. He's a real estate guy down there. in Long Beach. Yeah. He's doing a whole he's doing learned, a whole right? thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah family yeah. business. He's yeah. got he's got some toys. He's got a few things. I saw him in a black La Ferrari uh, not not long ago. Well, I don't mm. think he's struggling. That's no, no, he's all right. He's off the grid. He's struggling. You know. He didn't uh, get a custom define, color. Is he okay? Define struggling. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's black. <laughs> oh. Now, what were your um, takeaways from Luft? Folks, got to take a quick break from this show to talk about game time. Buying tickets to events sucks, especially if the event's already sold out. You're trying to get them last minute. You're hunting down the best price. You got to compete with other buyers. Then they've got the bots that just like buy up all these tickets. It stinks. You're trying to do something fun with your friends, with your family, with your significant other. It shouldn't be stressful. That's why game time is here. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee so you can stop stressing over the tickets and getting hyped for the fun you'll have at the event. Uh, I recently used the game time app. My wife, Hannah, her birthday uh, was uh, last month. And she has been sort of on the sly talking about wanting to go to a WNBA game. So uh, I went. I wanted to surprise her. It's her. It was her birthday, and I wanted to do something nice. So I thought, well, what if I don't just get tickets for a WNBA game? What if I get courtside tickets to the WNBA game? So I downloaded the Game Time app onto my phone. Hit up the uh, the L.A. Sparks, that's the WNBA team here in Los Angeles, and browsed around. It was so easy to uh, find a variety of tickets, and uh, it turns out in May they are playing uh, Las Vegas. And so there is a uh, there was a pair of courtside tickets right there. I could zoom in uh, on the map, and I could see what the floor looked like from the, the seats. That was great. It was easy to buy them easy to transfer the tickets into the other app that I need in order to to get into the event. And uh, it is, man, it was a great experience. It was very easy. Uh, The tickets were, you know, kind of expensive because it's courtside. Courtside WNBA is still courtside, but it was probably like a tenth of what it would be if it was courtside Lakers. but it was a great experience. Uh, I got I got a good price on the tickets. I got plenty of a uh, selection if I wanted to go second or third row. Bunch of tickets there too. And uh, with the game time guarantee, if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So all you got to do to snag some tickets without the stress on game time is download the game time app, create an account, and use code SMOKINGTIRE for $20 off your first 
first purchase. Terms do apply, but create an account and redeem code SMOKINGTIRE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now what were your <laughs> um, takeaways from Luft? Well, I wrote a column from for Road and Track because over and over I kept asking myself as I wandered around the weekend, why has it been nine years and nobody has been able to successfully copy this? Replicate as I a mean, brand, you said. Yeah, a different well, brand. Well, just this, as the style. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeff is Jeff has an amazing eye, and and Patrick is amazingly talented. At, but but it would not be rocket science to reverse engineer the concept and apply it to Ferraris or Corvettes or Land Rovers or or anything. I mean, you you pick a an aesthetically uh, interesting uh, venue that's not a field or a parking lot. Or a golf mm-hmm. course. Or a golf course, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and you place the cars in a way that provides maximum photogenic visual appeal. Mm-hmm. And you celebrate the brand with a variety of little Easter eggs within that environment. And it's like everything great is copied, but like why can no has no one even really attempted to copy this? Like this is clearly the best one make car show that there is. Yeah. It's like, but like, it's. I mean, the you, the easy answer is well, you need a Zwart and you need you, a Pat. That's, that's you, you, you started those, those this, You started the conversation by saying Jeff is stop right there because he is the uh, the aesthetic eye, and when you think of the combination of. Car guy, cinematographer, still photographer, artist. Okay, he, he, he's he's Porsche connected in the Ferrari world. Is there a guy like that? I, 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 don't, don't, I don't think well, so. Well, I think there's a. You could ha- find a reason for each individual brand as to why it wouldn't work. Ferrari celebrates originality and not customization in mm-hmm. in a way that you know Porsche celebrates both equally. Yes, you know well, you're Luff not. Does. You're not. Uh, sure, sure, yeah. yeah. Porsche, Porsche fandom, yeah. Porsche culture, culture. You yes. know, it is it is virtually impossible for a modified Ferrari that's been modified in any way to sell for more than the value of if it was left alone. That's very true. Whereas there's many, many Porsches that have been modified by many, many people where the value is increased because of those modifications. Whether it's RWB, agree with it or not, yeah. or someone like <laughs> yourself, or you know, doing an engine swap, or a Joey car or or whatever it is, um, and relatively and new phenomenon too over the last. Could be. F- but there's no 15, there's no 10, equi- 10, to your point years? to your point there's no equivalent of like a Rod Emery in the Ferrari world right yeah. right you know that's building these bespoke right. custom three fifty sixes there's no guy building bespoke Dinos right. Or, you know, and 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 when they do pop up once in a while and right. they do trade hands, right. it's not for. It's not for significantly more than, you know, just look at if you t- try and sell a Ferrari with aftermarket wheels or a Novatech oh. body kit or a manual gearbox swap, yeah. that is a devalued car. I'd like to see the, the comments on BAT on that. That'd be fun. I mean, they're not as bad as you'd think, right. but they don't bring the numbers. Right. Is that just because they're too precious and valuable? Because yep. all you have in Ferrari is you have this bridge. You have, you have no modifications really celebrated, but then you have the companies that do super expensive replicas right. like the 250s that, and they cost $700,000 right. and they're made well, by hand. Yeah. Tom, well, those companies are now out of business because yeah. 250 GTEs are worth too much to cut up. And, mm. and Tom Mead, I think, is the only guy in the 60s that modified cars, an American living in the UK, in, in, in Italy, and he only did 
Yeah, I don't think he did 10 cars. Yeah. And, and, and so, and those come up and, and people buy into them and they kind of go, yeah, it could be worth the same as one that's untouched. Or maybe a but, Koenig or yeah. something, you know, one of those real brand name kind of things. I think the difference is, and Cam and I were talking about the numbers coincidentally on the way over here, they sold, what, 7,000 tickets on the first day and 5,000 tickets the next day at, at yeah. Luft. Price of entry to appreciate a Porsche can be ten thousand dollars, right. or that used to be. Yeah, maybe yeah. now it's twenty five. There isn't another brand where you can uh, you you can attract the masses as an audience. Yeah. Yes, because it, the price of entry is just too expensive. Yeah, true. And the mm-hmm. and the and at that show, you have cars that are multiple millions of dollars, the nine oh eights and the nine six twos and shit like that. Yeah. But you've also got SCs, nine sixty eights, nine twenty eights in a variety of you know conditions. So they celebrate the spread. Yes. It's not just celebrating the the pinnacle There's, there wasn't a collection um, of gt1s there right um, right yeah. but i do think porsche culture globally in north america to your point you can have a guy that has a 928 talking to a guy that has a 918 and there's some language there's not sure. a barrier there's a there connection. there's a yeah. connection yeah. through gene- dna yeah well that's uh, that's what jeff said too when i asked him about the article and, and i talked to brian scotto from yeah. hoonigan who said that you know he in his opinion luft came about right at the time that young people started to go, oh, this Porsche thing is actually like pretty legit. Yes. And buying up the SCs, buying up the the 928s and yes. the 944s yeah. and, and, and air-cooled cars particularly started to be seen as sort of a, a usable fashion accessory 100%. in a way that an older you know, a Ferrari 308 GT4, right. or, you know, a, one of the, quote, lesser Ferraris was too precious somehow or too fragile or whatever to be to be just used as a car. Right. Um, whereas you could you could buy a 1983 911 right now yep. in Los Angeles, and it could just be your car. It's a right? utility, <laughs> like, but it's a utility knife, you know. Yeah. It's a robust German Toyota. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's but a, it could, but someone could try. Like, they might not, I'm not saying that people have, are trying and failing all over the place because they're not Zwart. Right. But, like, no one has tried. Like, you're telling me there isn't a, a very talented photographer out there mm. somewhere that loves Corvettes and is going to set up this kind of thing for yeah. Corvettes or Mustangs or yeah. or what whatever. But like, it's just amazing to me that like. But you think about how splintered every call culture gets, mm-hmm. how nuanced and all the niches. You know, that's the thing about Porsche. You have the air cool guys, you have the water cool guys, you have the nine fourteen guys, the water pumper guys. But they generally appreciate the brand's history and the passion behind the design. Well, and some that, you know, you go to a BMW event and it's some of the shade and hate. <laughs> you yeah, know. and that's true. And I guess if you had a Mustang event, it's not like there would be a, a explorer section, right. you know, or an right. F-150 section. Whereas right. you can put Tycons and 911s and, and mm. Cayennes mm. in a show and it still feels connected right. somehow. Well, it transcends somehow. When was the last time you saw another brand that transcended into uh, male, female, mm. plenty of females into Porsches, all economic groups, all yes. – it's borderless country-wise. It's a worldwide thing. Yeah. And you kind of go, I understand the power of the brand because whether it's the demographic of uh, economics or sex or, you know, you've got – 
people in Alaska. You've got people yeah. in, in Florida. You've got people in, in Europe, all over Europe. That you know, it's approachable it, enough. Yes, and usable. Uh, the enough. usable thing aspect. Yeah. I That's mean, you've test driven more cars than probably most human beings <laughs> in yeah, the industry. They're all, they're all usable. But I mean, the Porsches are amazing. You go yeah. every decade going back. It's not to say they don't have their design flaws in each era of product. But like mm -hmm. we just sold, I just sold Zuckerman a split window, a 1950 uh, split window. Yeah. And uh, it's a four-digit car, and he's driving it. He's put over almost 200 miles on it. And most people would say that car's undrivable. It has, you know, it's not synchronized, a transmission. It's an early v Volkswagen magnesium case. And he's like, this car has so much soul, has so much character. And that's just a little nuanced example yeah. of how many people are driving 1950 anything. Sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was able to drive, um, you know, uh, a, a 1987 car right for three years as my daily driver and i mean that's not it's not saying the same as a 50s car right but that's we're, a still, we're still talking about a 25 year old car that's a commitment that was i mean it had a heavy clutch okay but it had a heavy clutch because lee keen put a heavy clutch in it um but but it was still like it wasn't hard oh, it wasn't it oh, wasn't your like, safari your yeah time. yeah that was a badass car it was yeah it wasn't it was not a sacrifice do you, you know, regret selling that no um because i have i have said this a million times but i have bad knees mm. and and that car had the heaviest clutch of any car i've ever owned uh -huh. and it was just beating me up and the thing that it does very well which is drive on dirt and stuff I do so much driving for work that when I'm not doing driving for work, I'm not going, you know what I want to do right now? <laughs> Drive three hours out to the desert to do more driving. I'll to, be back. In, back I'll be back in eight hours, babe. Yeah, you know, exactly. It was, the same, it was the same reason I, I sold my Raptor. You yeah. know, it did the thing it does super well, but yeah. it, it wasn't in part of my routine in my brain to go out and mm. do that thing. And so it, I sent it to someone who would. And, he, and I get tagged on fucking Instagram all the time. The guy who bought that car is having a great time and, and good, good on him. And in the meantime, I've had my Boxster Spider for uh, four months now, and I put 3,200 miles on it. There you go. So I made the right move. You know, I, I love driving my Spider, and, and it's the best car I've ever owned, and, and, I, and it's perfect. And so, you know, Zach and I just did, a, you know, 1,000 miles in it in a weekend. It's fucking great. Yeah. It's so great. By the way, on the way leaving Luft. Holy shit. Dude, on the way leaving Luft. I can't wait. It's to... on, uh, you know, where uh, it's it's water, you know, water cooled day, right? We my car, we showed it on Saturday, the yep. water, a uh, uh, Sunday, the water. So we're leaving, and from Mare Island, I don't know if you've ever been there, but there's like a a two lane, you know, road that leaves through Vallejo to the highway, and there's like a light every half mile. So you you get up to you know, 60, and then you got to stop and whatever. And then it leads to a service road that leads to a highway. Fine. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're at a light waiting to go, and one police explorer just flies by the cross street going <laughs> left to right. Mm -hmm. And then two more police explorers fly by the cross street going right to left. Ooh. Well, now, and then the they, first car went across... Across the intersection in front of us into a neighborhood, and we're like, "Oh, okay." And then our light went green, 
And then we hear sirens. So everyone kind of sat there going, there's more cars coming. And those cop cars came up and turned right and headed toward the highway. And we went, is it a different call or did that guy? And then the, the like we first saw three cop, cops going different first directions. First cop made a U-turn and he shows up like, sorry, guys. Like, you know, it's he's like, like right. He turned around. And okay. Like so then the turn. So they're going, okay, fine. Burns it down. The light, you. the light is now green. We accelerate away from the light. Uh-huh. And I'm in the right lane of two lanes. And about a quarter mile up, there's a, a, a highway entrance merge. Mm-hmm. So cars are coming on. This white uh, Ram Rebel mm-hmm. pickup truck, quad mm-hmm. cab, comes flying. Barreling. Dude. And and kind of drifts a little bit, mm. sends it super wide, and I quick look over the shoulder. No one's there. I swerve. So the left lane, not Frozenberry, and then this, and, and I, we almost got, we seriously almost got taken out. Yeah, we did. Like, I gave him the, the arm in the air. We, like, what we the almost fuck? got so taken out. So if you had not been watching so your mirrors, hadn't been watching the mirrors, didn't. If well, I wasn't, we had the top down. So I'm just sitting here, and I, all of a sudden I see white thing wah, 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 coming wah. from the right. Dude, what the fuck is that? Fucking <laughs> and through the gravel, huge dust cloud, and I'm like, whoa! And I fucking, what the fuck? And then I go. Is that the you cop think that's that? who the cop was looking for? Oh, shit. And then up Rare. behind us, two <laughs> cop cars fucking send it through that entrance ramp, too. Now, they need to get, and they hit the shoulder, which is gravel. Oh. And one of them slides like an inch from the guardrail. Ooh. We all move over to the right, and the cops go tearing off chasing this guy wow. down the highway. Yeah. And they were gone. In it. I mean, they must have been doing 110. <laughs> I would have loved now. to have been one of those interceptors. Oh, that would have been awesome. They, I was like, these okay. guys are probably having a great time right yeah, now. Yeah, can you cops. imagine how jacked you'd be in that car? Like, but like, <laughs> the adrenaline. <laughs> Cam's like, I want to taste it. I do too. I want to taste it. Oh, my God. Screw Pike's Peak. So we all pulled over. Yeah, I know. And good situational awareness to not get fucking sideswiped by this asshole. What a way to leave Los but, uh, that, that is a memorable story. I yeah, mean, Zach, Zach uh, I don't know, met some, uh, how did you find out what happened from somebody who Someone was, I met at Luft uh, texted me like, hey, good to meet you, you know, and, and they mentioned they're from here. I said, hey, do you happen to know, hear anything about this? I don't know why I asked him. About a police like, I'll chase. text my friend who's a cop and his friend replied, some guy had stolen this truck, fled, and it uh, led to a foot chase and the guy got arrested. Wow. So they did get him. Yeah, they did get him. Yeah. But that was a big start to our drive. Yeah, it was whew, quick spike. <laughs> I mean, that's there. You're yeah. like, whoa. Well, good thing you pulled over. My, other than that, very uneventful drive. My, my sharing with Cam, my wife. In, <laughs> oh, this is a great story. So I'm sitting, uh, <laughs> starting my morning, and she said, can I take a truck because... Uh, Track. It's a G wagon. So take the kids to school. <laughs> yeah, and of course hers didn't have any gas. As in the it. farmers, At the, tr- the farmers truck. The yeah. truck. Yes. Yeah, I'm from Massachusetts. So <laughs> here, I, here I am minding my business. The phone rings 40 minutes later, and I can hear her. She's shaking. You know, on the other end of the phone, like she's just got in an accident. I'm like, okay, from behind, because this is what made me think of it. Ass hat going 80 miles an hour on a 40 mile an hour lane. She's in the middle lane on a very busy road in Boston, going into a sweeping curve where there's a car coming out merging into traffic. This guy clips the car coming into traffic behind her. Oh yeah, does a 360, mm. lands and then slams into the G wagon. Oh wow, the whole right side of the truck yeah. is now painted with every single painted panel. but not dented. I bet. Solid. Dent- dented. Okay. But drivable. Yeah. Mm. Didn't spun it as well. Hit it oh, and really? spun Holy the G Wagon. Oh, wow. Yeah. And of course, you know, the cop spun but didn't roll. Didn't roll. Nice. Spun in one. And so the cop does one of these to her. I can't believe the okay. damage your car didn't take. 
it's thirty thousand dollars worth of damage because every single panel and the wheels and the tires and everything else on the right side. But can you imagine that happening in in your spider? I mean, it's getting oh, hit from behind. You don't see it coming. Just nuts. It's just the worst. Yeah. And, and thankfully, everything, you know, the car will get fixed. She's, She's fine. okay, right? She's yeah. fine. She's yeah. shook, shaken up. Understood the value of driving something that heavy, you know. So I guess yeah. you're keeping that car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The value is Someone's upside down on a G-Wagon car. right now. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. God dang. Figuratively, if not literally. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you um, think, yeah. Uh, speaking of G-Wagon, that Mercedes could do the thing Lyft does except the price of entry is high because they have cars that, you know, from 70s, 80s, 60s that still work, that drive great. Yes, and, that's true. You know, but they just, I feel like they don't have the culture. They don't have the fan base or culture. Yeah, they don't have the fan base or culture. I think all the points that we're talking about, I think we're in the most interesting point of intersection in the 100-year phenomenon of car collecting. You know, it's been a phenomenon for like 100 years, right? And, you know, in the 80s was the first real peak of the market and you were, at, you know, tip of the spear in that first market and then the ultimate collapse of that hot market in the late 80s. But right now, like this podcast, social media, cars and coffee, Louvre to quote, all these like cultural things that have amplified and intensified the yeah. passion, opinions, but there's more information, the internet, all of this has coincided in the most unique market conditions and it's like the stock market. It's very volatile because it's based on human emotion. Mm-hmm. All of it's unpredictable. We can sit here all day and wax lyrics about our opinions on cars, but it all comes down to the human element. Well, that's, I think, what Luft does and, you know, people. <laughs> there was a lot of people when I shared my article on Instagram mm. that read the headline and didn't read my analysis and right. then shared their opinions. Well, Why? Oh, imagine that. Imagine that. And they go, but what about, but what about this event? But right. what about Corvettes at Carlisle? Right. But what about the Pebble Beach Concours? Yeah. But what about... You know, deuces at the fort or yeah, whatever yeah, the fuck. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I and 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 I. Um, <laughs> deuces. There was one that's like deuces at something and and dropping uh, deuces I forget what at it was. something. Yeah, deuces. Right. deuces. And I and I wanted to see in good deuces, faith, bitches. like, did I miss anything? So every time someone deuces. mentioned another event, I went into Google Image Search yeah. and typed it in, and every single one of them was just cars in a field. Cars lined up in a parking lot, just like dun, 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 yeah. dun, like dominoes, not not placed yeah. in a way that f- provided maximum effect for photography. Yeah. Even fucking Pebble Beach, but right. shared, even the Concord. Like, the pictures we, are all the same year after year after year. But we, you know, yeah. we compete at Pebble Beach. We're fortunate enough to go there almost every other year, and. It's different if you're a participant at, or you're coming there to view, if you're a real enthusiast, but you're not actually a part of the show as an attendee. You know, and Luke quote, the secret of the sauce is everyone goes and you feel like you're a part of, there's shared sure. ownership. Yeah. You know, because you're discovering these little nuggets, you know, it's an Easter egg hunt, yeah. like you said. Yeah. And so, and then you see somebody that you really only engage with over, you're DMing. You never talk to this person, but you know who they are. And you have a cordial friendship, and you get to see them in person. So yeah. that's, that's a little bit of the magic. Yeah. The, I mean, there's nothing wrong with Pebble Beach. It just is no, what it is. It but is what it's it never is. Cars, going to change. the venue, yeah. the yeah. outfits, yes. they're the same every year. Yeah. So that has its charm. Yes. And you can 
buy into it by dressing a certain way yes. and going to certain events and and maybe just by driving your vintage car to Monterey and hurling mm. yourself into the traffic jam. Right. You know, that is an experience, mm-hmm. but it just there's a reason that that Luft is has gotten so popular and I think it's because it coincides perfectly with what people want to share on social media. Yes. You know, versus just cars in a field. Well, the hypothetical because you're a part of it. Again, yeah. you get to post that image of what you. The Here's angle. the content yeah. I created. Correct. The number of people I saw up there, with three, four, five cameras strapped to their body. That's amazing. They got the Leica. They got the DSLR with the big mm. 70 to 200. They've Ooh. got a backpack with a 4x5 in it. They got the Hasselblad. <laughs> They're like, they've got they it all. Movements. It's getting all emotional over here. It's like a buffet. I mean, And everybody's a photographer now. Right. Everybody's got Instagram. Is it like everyone's a podcaster now? Is that Everybody's an influencer. 2021, yes, everybody was a podcaster. The hypothetical question last night is Porsche's riding this crest, right? They're at the top. Uh, Hannah brought it up. That was a good point. It was a good philosophical discussion. What's the next big brand in 10 years? Can Porsche keep steamrolling? Can they? they, Who would you say could could catch them? And it was like, I think we were well into dessert then, and we kind of went, geez, I don't know. I mean, it was like, it's a a great question, but I don't know if something can. Something can't come along and start. And well, the catch defining them. moment for Porsche was the Cayenne. Yes, right. Sure. The that, story, all of yeah. a sudden, now you can now you can buy a Porsche. That so you drive a Porsche when you're not driving your Porsche. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There's a model for the whole family. Right. Yeah. And so you know, Lamborghini that has was the their great moment compromise. with the Urus. Yes. Yeah. The Urus is the Lambo, so everyone knows you're driving a Lambo when you don't want to drive your Lambo. Yeah. Um, so it'll be if if Lamborghini were to move down market and have a this model range, it could be that. That's um, a, it's an interesting. But, yeah, it's but a, also, it's there's a lot of platform sharing going on within there. the Lamborghini within that, and of course the Cayenne is platform shared as yeah, well. But it wasn't in 2004. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it was with the with the, um, Touareg. the Touareg. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like really. It was pretty distinct from the Touareg. Yeah. I thought the it's diesel good. Touareg wasn't exactly the same thing as a Cayenne. The, yeah, diesel the Touareg is a diesel, stump puller. The big diesel yeah. Touareg was <laughs> it's a badass. Good stump puller of still a car. 50 grand it's going to be thing. interesting now that time has passed. Like, but Do- Dr. Vidi King, who came up, he was the one who approved the Cayenne, approved the Boxster, the CEO who really saved the company. Then he tried the reverse takeover with Volkswagen. It didn't work out, obviously. Mm. But he really was a visionary and modernized. The, the vision of where Porsche was going to this concept of creating models across the board that could be used every day yeah. beyond, the, beyond the 9-11. Yeah. So. Well, if, if people, people who have a 9-11 are, I think, in my opinion, much more likely to buy another Porsche for 100%. their every, you know, whether it's a Macan or right, a Cayenne right, or a Taycan. Right. The, you know, and they can, you can kind of feel that connection between the two cars right. in a way that I don't really feel a connection between an Aventador and an Urus. Correct. You know? But, you know, when um, I pull into the grocery store back home in North Carolina and I see this lady get out of her Macan and she has a Macan S for 
a GTS. She says, oh, I love my Macan. She has no historical perspective of Porsche, but she absolutely loves her Macan. And sometimes it's when you meet people, oh, it's my second or third Cayenne Macan. Yeah. And they're just so low. And it's a great product. I mean, yeah. my girlfriend has one. I drive it all the time. And I'm, My dad's on his third Cayenne right now. He yeah. just got the it. The green one. He yeah. posted. Yeah. The only color PTS combination. Cayenne delivered to that whole dealer for the year. Wow. What they, color is it? Goodwood Green oh, over yeah. uh, Cohiba. Oh, it's fucking wow, that's awesome. hot. Very British. Yeah, it's awesome. That's Fantastic. hot. Yeah, and it's a hybrid too. Ooh, I convinced. That's hot. I talked him out of the turbo. Yeah, which uh, is not something you would expect me to do, but I. How does he like it? So, here's an interesting story. <laughs> it's he hasn't been able to take it home yet. After eight months, what's it's missing been in it? A portion of the stereo. A portion of the charge cable. Oh, Lord. And they will not let him take it home Nine. until everything is there. Well, a friend of mine tried to get a, one of That's the new GTS Panamera, uh, the thing that looks like a station wagon, the little yeah. station wagon. It's, forget the nomenclature of it. And try, Sport Turismo. Sport Turismo. He tried to buy that, hmm. and it was missing an amplifier. Yeah. It's random shit, dude. It's crazy. It's always some random shit. Rough day at but the we'll, factory. Someone yeah. was really hung over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> missing, 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 a is different like, missing a charging cable, I feel like. Yeah, and it's, not, it's not the whole charging cable. It's, it's part of the charging cable. Did he tell them you can put gas in it? I, 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 I said, Dad, you <laughs> fucking put gas in it and drive it home. Like, it doesn't need to. I'm surprised the dealership. There's something about they hmm. can't deliver it until it's. And he's like, "Don't isn't there another hybrid on the lot like somewhere? Just give me that charge cable. It's not unique to right. this car, but they can't." Huh? He's kind what? of annoyed, actually. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's a that's a weird one. That's a very weird one. Hmm. I don't know. So this attention but, to detail is what we Nine, you will not take the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you figure they'd sold three thousand cars in the U.S. in 1990 when they dipped when the 964 came out, mm -hmm. and you look at that's not that long ago. Yeah. It's, it's 35 years now, but you mm. think about. They were almost out of business, completely yeah. part of automotive history. Yeah. You know, they went off the highs of the 89 series Carreras, and then the yeah. 964 comes out, the economy changes, the car's too expensive, and it goes from 40000 to 3000 Yeah. And now they are where they are. It's amazing. Uh, Jeff Swart yeah. told me that in the early 90s, when they were selling those very low volumes, the the amount that they were paying him and his little company to do the marketing uh, compared to the numbers of 964s they sold, <laughs> he said it was like a tangible amount of money from every car sold went directly to Jeff Zwart for, for, for the marketing. Well, even like if it was a hundred bucks. Like four figures yeah. a car. A car, or like, a car. Holy cow. That's like, where their profit was It was, was thousands going. of dollars <laughs> Someone showed up like, we have to make an SUV now because we paid Jeff too much for That's why your dad doesn't have a cable. See, they that's can't what, afford it. Right? But, you know, you walk into any Porsche dealership around the country and you ask about their 911 allocations and guys are lining beyond the GT list. Yeah. A, a guy who's worked hard his whole life and now can buy a 911, he can't get a 911 yeah, unless right. you have a special relationship. Same thing with Rolex. Blows my mind. Oh, you can't. You, you used to be able to go, hey, I've done well this year. I'm going to treat myself and right. go buy a Submariner. Yeah, or, good luck with that. Pff, nope. But the, I, but that's a different thing, though. That's really... It's intentional some, market. It's, it's, yeah. Th that's that's yeah. going to bite them in the ass at some point because it really is... We have it, 
We're yeah. just not going to sell it to you. Yeah, yeah. Versus, we've got five people for every nine eleven. They've got to watch for everybody. I'd like to think that it would bite them in the ass I for Scheidenfrauder reasons. Yeah, right. but, exactly. but it won't turn fast enough, and they can ramp up production as needed if they if they need to. What's your opinion on their whole certified? Program. I think it's brilliant. I think it's ob- I think it's obvious. It's brilliant. I mean, they're, wa- they're watching all these other people because it's an in-house flip system. Correct. That's it's, it. That's <laughs> why are we, we raise why the prices gonna... of our own inventory yeah. by calling them used? Yeah. yeah. We can fucking fence them out the back door to <laughs> some some anybody who will sell them back to us for ten percent over sticker, and then we'll flip them for. 20% yeah. over sticker. They're not selling vintage pieces, CPO. No. Yeah. It's late model it's shit. Late model it's stuff. the in-house flip. It's amazing. They wa- I mean but but they watched car dealers do it. I mean, that's why the manufacturers now. are Ferrari starting. Ferrari was doing it and yeah. and you know, Ferrari, you cl- Ferrari Clashies, Porsche Classic, it's yeah. the same. Not to get completely off topic. Can you explain who owns Rolex to me? <laughs> Go ahead. The Hans Wilsdorf Association. Is, yeah. Can, can you break yeah. that down for us? Can, on you, can you, is there a <laughs> no, little yeah. pyramid that you can make? No, I mean, no. We, nobody, nobody really knows. knows. Right? It's, it's a private company, yeah. and they can do whatever they want, and they're already so rich that if they have to, if they sell a few fewer watches this year in order to pump up their brand mm. value, mm. or mm. if they can force you into buying a 28 millimeter ladies pave <laughs> dial oh, I love in it. platinum, <laughs> that's going to be your make the Mariner yeah. mid diamond. Yeah. <laughs> this is our diamond. That's so brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've had people say, say the quiet part out loud to me multiple times. Yeah. I was in Europe, yeah. I was in Scotland, and I went to a Rolex authorized dealer, and I didn't even want anything. But Exhibition like, only. Just out of curiosity, yeah. I'm in town. Yeah, ex- exhibit only. Yeah. I go, if I, if I wanted Daytona right now. Like, I was like, I, I have to buy two presidents, right? Yeah. Then a Daytona would appear, and the guy goes, with diamonds. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, with shit. Diamonds. This guy oh. straight up said it. Yeah, wow, okay. Maybe it's maybe it's Spectre. Maybe it's Spectre. This is straight it's, up. It's mm. an organization like Spectre that owns the Illuminati. The Illuminati. Rolex. Do you know how the taxes work for Rolex? Yeah. I just read about it. Uh, they don't a, pay they any. Don't pay any yeah. Because it's a charitable foundation yeah. that owns all the shares. That's they don't, the best, they don't have to the disclose way. how much uh, they donate to. Yeah. And they don't they don't disclose their volumes of watches. No, no, which, which is remarkable. Yeah, but they they promise that they give money. But to the, the 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 <laughs> they back, promise. They promise. You know the, um, on the backlash against that whole model has resulted in a lot of the heavy hitters going more towards independence. Yeah. Whether they're buying from mm-hmm. AP or Patek more, yeah. Yeah. or Richard Mille, yeah. or places like Ming, or some of the you know Rexep Rexepi or any yeah. of those any of those guys that are really artisan crafting stuff. And there's a lot of those smaller companies that are making really cool shit and doing really well. Grand Seiko through oh, the roof. Yeah, yeah, cool. You can go buy one. Great you, product. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's amazing not a product. coincidence that Lang and Son opened up right next door to Rolex in Boston. Yeah. And you go, well, wait a minute. If you're not willing to sell me something, mm-hmm. these are equally as beautiful. Sometimes they're better. They're, they're, be- better. They're, they're, yeah. they're more beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're more unique. Mm-hmm. And so I go to say, enjoy when I, that. When I see a guy wearing, uh, some dude wearing a Grand Seiko, I automatically want to go talk to him because I think he's going to be an interesting person. That's, the, they, that's a person who knows something. Correct. They, yeah. I love my Grand Seikos. I've got two of them and they're fucking awesome. I bought a Baltic recently yeah. because it was a cool... The tri-compacts. Yeah. Oh, came I with, saw that one. Yeah, came with neat. a set of uh, stopwatches. Hodinkee just sent me yeah. this as their Autodromo collab. It's oh, like yeah. a hand-wound chronograph like that. That's really with an integrated bracelet with a hidden clasp. I'm like, kind of into it. And the guy like who Omega does Omega style. Yeah. 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 Cool. I like He's that. He's a great guy. Yeah, who, this is funky. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, 
But uh, anyway, yeah. that's yeah. The the watch market's fucked. I still like my Rolexes though. I do I still course. like them. They I make a good watch. I like <laughs> the brand new uh, date the the. Simple Daytona yeah. that they just launched because of the new bezel on it. Oh, it looks cool. like an old bezel. Do you, have yeah, one, yeah. do you have one coming? No, because I went the day that it was announced. They went to the local guy that I know who he I didn't bought. know the right guy. Yeah. He knew the other guy. Can you switch your sport classic? Can you like, yeah. a sport classic? <laughs> <laughs> Easier to get a sport <laughs> classic and a tailor-made Ferrari than it is a Rolex. Um, <laughs> and I went to him. I said, "Here, I know I've been in here before. I've asked. I bought my wife some jewelry here. I bought her a watch here." And the guy goes, you when we get them, the big shrug of the shoulders, yeah. we'll see. Steve, if you have to remind them who you are and that you shop there, you're yeah. not somebody. <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, you know how many million-dollar cars I've sold? Or you got to come years up ago? with like a real story. Like, you <laughs> yeah, got to be like, correct. you know, you got to come up with a milestone. I bought my wife's right? watch like here 10 years ago. milestone that'll like... Uh, <laughs> Get to somebody's heartstrings. My grand, my, I'm having a grandson. I'm having, and I want to, yeah. you know, I want to give it to my grandson so Look we can open man. it. Oh, I love that. You, know, you gotta, yeah. you gotta really come up. Who's ad is that? I did it's that. Not, from, it's not. It's a family. That's Patek. Or, that's Patek. Yeah. yeah, that's a brilliant yeah, ad a campaign. I did that for my son. I found an old, and, and when when uh, the Polo stores was selling vintage Rolex, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I just turned one over one day. He was just born. And it said to Jack on the back of it from mom and dad. Um, it was interesting because it was December something, 1942. It was some so other Jack. It was some other Jack. Yeah. So it was, a, you know, it was a, it was a Jack speed, Kennedy. Speed, <laughs> speed King that was about, you know, it was tiny. And I bought it and put it away from me, graduated high school, I gave it to oh, him. That's pretty cool. You know, so. Is he wearing? No, not really. <laughs> uh, because, I, again, I gave him... Uh, nice. um, it's like a 34-millimeter yeah, like, bubble exactly. bag. Yeah, it's exactly, yeah, exactly what it is. Yeah, 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 exactly. And what, what I gave him something. I gave him a tutor or something for college, and he wears that. He wears well, that. Was, yeah. Well, Ralph, you know, Ralph always wanted to be in the watch business. Sure. Now they make their own watches, and they're funky. I'm into them, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool Some Ralph of the big Lauren ones are pretty cool. I have a really cool Ralph Lauren watch yeah. that, my, that Ralph gave to my dad that is a watch that doesn't actually exist. There's no reference really? number. Yeah, it's really cool. No teddy bear on it. No, no, before yeah. that. It's Does before it have that. some of those wood in it? It's a world, it's before that. It's a world timer in white gold Ooh. with the JLC movement, and they sold 500 of them in steel to the public, but he made five for the board of directors in white gold. Wow. And so there's, it's, there's no reference number. There's no record of it actually. Is it beautiful? It's cool. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool. That's cool. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it 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 looks a lot like the JLC version of it because right. they just didn't change that much. They just recased it and restrapped it. Right. Um, but it's neat. That's I wear cool. it. I wear it sometimes, and it's fucking a boat anchor because it's like yeah. forty four millimeters. Big old, big, big old. <laughs> you know, when giant watches were cool. Yeah. Well, um, you you can you can show a picture of it to the Periscope guy, the guy that's always debunking things, and he can say fake. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's fake! legit. I had it. I, I I had some folks look at it. It is very very oh. legit. And, I'm and sure. Uh, and we have the records. <laughs> have the records. You have the box of papers. My yeah. God. Seventy um, fifth anniversary Porsche. You doing anything? Come on, June eighth. Um, I I don't. Oh, yeah, that so was really that, that was. Yeah. Seventy fifth or fiftieth? I think seventy fifth. Okay. It's seventy fifth. Yeah. I thought I saw something. Nineteen forty eight. I saw something on Instagram that was like it's the fiftieth anniversary of Porsche. Something, so somebody but, fucked that up. Okay. Yeah. Uh, might be of the nine. This not guy. the 9 6 no 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 you might be the 50th just anniversary of the 914 something yeah there's a 50 there is a 70 it's the uh, 73 RS 
Oh, that's right. what it is. Seventy three RS. Kids. Yeah, come on, two point seven. Um, yeah, amateurs. I don't have a, I don't have a plan yet. No, I we got did. I got an invite to Ren Sport, but I'm not sure. I we can make have that. a plan. What is your plan? What's the Road Scholars plan? What's the Road Scholars plan? Is it a Road Scholars no, plan or is it just a cam? Plan? No, we're collaborating. Yeah, we sort of put our heads together and went 75th anniversary and being car pimps like we are, whores, pimp. I think more pimp than mm, whore. That sounds Both, better. if it's personal. Uh, we have a little auction going on. Oh. With Bring a Trailer. Oh. We ca- we collab with Bring a Trailer to have an instant Porsche collection. Oh. If you wanted to have, like, one of everything, not everything, of and course. And you, t- you, you, you place one bid for all cars? No, no. We're, it's oh, it's okay. going to be... The, individual lots. Individual cars. It's okay. either going to be... It's eight through ten, because we haven't solidified the final couple cars. So we came up with a name called uh, Group P. Uh-huh. Seventy-five years on. Okay, cute. Um, so give me some, give me some top-line items. What are we putting on the show? Can we talk? Can we talk yeah. about that? Yeah, fifty-seven uh, Carrera GT, the first one in the country. First one, one of seventeen uh, made for fifty-seven. Okay, uh, one of fourteen Super ninety GTs. Um, Magnus is giving us a seventy-seven. He's not giving us. He's doing it with us. Um, uh, 77 930 Turbo in mint green. Oh, I know that car. Yeah. It's a really yeah. slick. Yeah. So that's nice. going to be included. I have one of Rod Emery's specials, the one that you one go, he's still ones. on his website. That you go to the landing page, uh-huh. the black car. Well, that's, that's in the group. In the group. 911 R, uh, 993 RS. A 910 with a spare metal. Oh. Oh yeah, the, a 910 that came oh. came with an original uh, eight cylinder 907 prototype motor, uh, in the so also runs a six cylinder in it now, which Baltic used mm. in their advertising for that watch. Oh cool! In um, a binder this thick, full of all the. Do most of the 910s run six cylinder motors now and not the eights? Yeah. Why well, there's only a few cars delivered with eight cylinders, oh, okay. so the, most of them were all delivered with six cylinders. One of the ones with that the fuel jet. had the eight in it. Yeah. I don't know whose it was, but I heard it driving, and it was fucking awesome. Really? I think it's a guy by the name of Hagen's car. I don't I know. Think it was fucking most badass. all the nine yeah. tens had the fuel injected, uh, six cylinder. Okay. Yeah. So only a few this there. one. This one sounded incredibly unique. Just really good. It was bassy. Yeah. Lots of lots of bass. Very I know cool. I was forgetting the six hundred mile uh, ninety seven turbo. Yep. Oh, pimp. So, so that's be all right. so yes. Yeah, so okay, so all heavy hitters. Yeah, yeah. major heavy so hitters. So all on the same, you know, listed at the same time, it, and it's just really going to be an interesting. We'll see what happens, but having that many heavy hitters all at the same time. Yeah. It, so it's been fun to work with Bat. No yeah. reserve, I imagine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Fucking let it fly. I, let, yeah, it, let, let it send it. Let it rip. What, is there, what is there could go wrong with seven million dollars worth of cars? I love a no reserve auction. That's my favorite. It is. I've actually been lucky. I've never gotten hosed on a no reserve auction. I no, that's the exception. It's a simple rule, psychology that people know it's going. There's yeah, no like, yeah. yeah. They should invest their hosed. time. You yeah, know, it'll yeah. bring it'll bring market price. Right. Yeah. The DeLorean sale day was a tight one. That was the DeLorean sale was stressful. Yeah. Last that five was, minutes it was okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's every auction. That was just my first one. The car was. I had a reserve, and the car met reserve, mm-hmm. and then sat there. Mm. For the it met reserve on day one, yeah, and then there were no bids, just parked until the last twenty seconds of, of the of the auction. And it went nuts, and then it went nuts, and then it went for uh, like seventeen or eighteen thousand over what the reserve was. So it was Ooh. fine. So it was good. But um, yeah, that, it, it's stressful. Yes. <laughs> don't watch. Oh yeah, yeah. no. I mean, I've done over a hundred cars with them now, and it comes down to the last five minutes. Generally, the last two minutes. Yeah, we did the. Uh, 
for a client gave us that 917 uh, with the slot card. It opened up with the, the slot car set Oh, the in slot it. car table? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a Bonkers. That was a hoot. What did that end up getting? 205. Fuck for a slot <laughs> table. <laughs> Which I'm upset about because we had the opportunity. He, the, the client said, well, you want this $50,000? I was like, that's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a perfect thing to put in your It would have been a good thing for your lobby. Yeah, no, it, it would have been, been a nice thing for our cool. lobby. You know how many nice. people thought I had a Did you use it? Did you ever I mean, try it? Oh, yeah. You tried it? Oh, yeah. Was the slot car track any good? Oh, oh yeah, it was really oh, good. No, it's not. It's, yeah. a, it's it was, epic. It no, was, it's a fully functional thing. It's Slot first mods class. who built it did a great job. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was fantastic. Slot car race when yeah. I was a kid. That's some real nerdy shit. <laughs> that is some <laughs> real nerdy. You get down in the slot car racing rabbit hole. We should you, have, you should have a show where we're all here just doing slot cars. Oh, and the banter that would come out of that. The audience will love that. It sounds like bees are attacking their fucking eardrums. Nerdy stuff. The guy who gave us the track to sell. His grandson uh, got a modern McLaren slot car, uh-huh. and we didn't think anything of it. We just put it in with all the other cars. You know how many times people said, oh, "I don't remember those being at Le Mans in 1960." Yeah, really? Does it make you happy? Does it really make you happy to say that? I that's, mean, come on, that's ridiculous. It's just I love that stuff. I really <laughs> love that stuff. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, so what else? That's I mean, that's amazing. When is the first? Is oh, so it goes up on June 8th? No, it ends on it June ends 8th. on June 8th. Yeah. Okay, cool. On the anniversary. So it goes up June 1st or goes up two weeks. Really Memorial it's Day be weekend. two weeks, right? Yeah, yeah the twenty something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be awesome. That'll so be it'll fun. be f- it'll be fun to watch. It'll be nerve wracking. I don't expect everything to Are find Are all a those home. cars at Road Scholars right now? They're we uh, split. We split. They split them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sick. That'll so be fun. It, it'll be a good. It'll be a good collab. I'm glad uh, Magnus joined in because he's got. In my opinion, too many cars. It's time to sell something. He went. Yeah. I always wanted to sell this, so yeah, he put ten cars at the Peterson and still had a bunch to drive. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> still had That's three times made. Yeah. Yeah, his warehouse is dense. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it, it seems annoying if he wants to drive like. One that's in the back, yeah. he's got to move a bunch move of shit. seven cars. Chinese yeah, yeah. puzzle. Yeah, yeah. He, Still, he, it's pretty impressive when you slide open the big door. It's pretty cool. But it's it like, is. You're like, mm. it's pretty awesome. Yeah, this yeah. Is, pretty this awesome. is pretty neat. Then you slide open the next door, and there's another room. Then you slide open another door, and there's another room. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, having the Emery thing, it's it's just dumb luck that I, the yeah. client had the car and he wanted to get rid of it. So I, you know, shipped it over back from England, and it was. Uh, it's interesting, and, and that's an interesting car because it's a very early Polo engine car, two and a half liter, um, early special. So it doesn't look like the cookie cutter of all the cars he's doing now. Oof. So it's pretty cool. Fucking just crap on Rod a little bit. No, Call no, he's Rod got cookie he's got cutter, two, huh? No, he does. He does one series of cars. <laughs> he's, back, he's, back tra- cars. he's backtracking now. <laughs> No, I think I listen. I God bless it. He's smarter than me. <laughs> he's got people give him hundreds of thousands of dollars yeah, for a, his he's, all, he's doing okay. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. Um, um, the so what is you know the high the high end of the market has been high, right? Yeah. Has it settled or is it is it still just kicking along? It's po- it's in pockets. It's just it's interesting. There's no real there's certain things, but it's all over the map. Yeah, yeah. I think last October. There was the end of a cycle, if I had to put a date to it, Correct. because I know across the board with colleagues in Europe, colleagues in the United States, everything, something happened where everything just got quiet and it mm. stayed quiet. It was world events, interest rates, mm-hmm. Ukraine, uh, threat of China, uh, all this stuff happened for you know a reason. And it was like the perfect moment for everybody to go, you know, I bought five cars during COVID. I don't need anything right now. Yeah. I think everyone shot their wad during COVID. I yeah. mean, everyone who dreamt of owning something is like, now's the time. Went out and bought it. Yeah. Went out and bought it. But about 
six weeks ago, maybe eight weeks ago now. The so tap turned on. The t everything went click and it went up. And the top of the market is very busy again. Anything over a million dollars, uh, anything over really $3 million is lit. Um, and big cars, um, C-types, D-types, big Ferraris, um, you know, Ferraris in the 20 million plus range. I'm hearing you know, friends saying, yeah, I've had this car for sale for a year, it's sold. I've had this for a year, it's sold. I've had it for six months, it's gone. Um, we just sold a, um, the second most original 904 yep. um, with 17,000 original miles on it and original paint, ran Sebring and managed to be undamaged. And that, oh, you can't wow. tell you what it was being indelicate to spew that out, but it was a lot of money. Yeah. And there were a couple of people on it. Indelicate. What about the medium range? What about the hundred to, and I realize for anyone listening, $100,000 is a ton of money, correct. but I'm talking in the world of collector cars, yeah. you know, low six figures is the medium range today. So good, good, pre good preference. So well, I'm good not, no, because I'm yeah. not trying to no, sound it's true. like, no, it's very like true. a shit bag, but yeah. like, this is no. the reality of this what reality collecting is cars is. Sadly, we deal is. in a privileged elitist world and it's not meant to be insulting to anybody. But I, mean, but I get just, asked a lot about cars for a hundred grand. Yeah, so. so I think the thing with that and that price point is that that guy is a passion buyer. Like he's buying it because he really, it, it, there's not so much of a financial, at least in my experience of being on the phones and doing deals is those buyers typically tend to be long-term holders. They're not looking to buy something and rotate it in 12 months. Yep. Mm -hmm. They're buying it because they, they surely want to make a smart buy and know that it's somewhat safe, but at the same time they're buying it because it's passion first. I think there's a lot of, the, there's, a shortage of inventory in That's that the in, that, in that price range. Right, it's the hardest thing for it, going back to your friend Tom. Try to find the two cars he's looking for. One mm. could be a forty thousand dollar car. The other one should be two hundred thousand, and they're impossible to find. Yeah. I mean, and it it'll pop up in six months. Go like find them, have keep them, them, and yeah. are holding them. Go find and, a great yeah. NSX. Go find a great S two thousand. With yeah. my, you know, I'm using those examples beyond Porsche. It's like. Those cars are harder and harder to find. They don't pop up in the market as much as they used to. And, and people are hoarding them. Yeah. Like an 80s SC. I love a three-liter SC. It's a great, one of the best 911s ever built. They're, they're just not great ones for sale. Right. You, you, they're kind of dodgy and... You know, those are bringing in still in the, almost 100000 for a Dodgy. For, for a shitty SC? For, for a Dodgy. You, you see them for sixty to seventy grand, and someone buys that not knowing what you have to put into it. And, yeah. You know? You want a pre yeah, that car needs thirty-five grand or something. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Right off the bat. You want We're, a pre-war car that isn't a Bentley? Yeah. Now's the time to buy one. I mean, those cars have come off. Bentleys and Duesenbergs have held their own. Sure. The rest of it, it's way off. I just went to Atlanta. And I drove the Eddie Hall Bentley oh. for Road and Track. How was that? You know that's you know the story yeah. of that yeah. car? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This car raced at Le Mans for sixteen <laughs> fucking years. <laughs> yeah. From so nineteen thirty four to nineteen fifty. Yeah. That's and a it, Revs car, right? It's a Revs car. Yeah, and then in nineteen fifty, Eddie Hall did the twenty four solo. Yeah. It's the only guy <laughs> to ever do it. He did it in a sixteen year old mm. car mm. and finished eighth. Yeah. Like, what uh, the yeah. fuck? I what love kind that of story. speed was Eddie Hall fucking yeah. huffing at the such fuel great, stops? It's such a great story. I just saw that. I was in Florida at Mr. Collier's collection, and it's in the workshop, and we were down there doing some homework on a restoration project, and that car is stunning. I mean, I, how was it to drive? Amazing. 
I was expecting a tractor, yeah, and it was not that at all. For something it, that big, it's it, nimble. It's only three thousand pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a crazy amount of torque, straight eight. Yep. Um, the gearbox is like a regular ass four speed. Like it's not like I drove. Um, I drove the Cunningham C five R that raced at Le Mans in yep. 53, also a Revs Institute car. Yes. And it used a Seattle truck box, That's a totally gra- unsynchronized, yeah. shitty. Yep. That was a tractor. Yeah. I yep. mean, it was fast, but like- It's it a was ground a, pounder, but just It a, was a tractor. Yeah. This thing, 20 years older, slick. Yeah. Slick as could be, and I drove it for like a half hour in the rain, and I went, yeah, 24 hours in this thing? Like, if I was short, like, all right, yeah. like you got to Eddie yeah. Hall must have been like five. You were 10. short and you had a bunch of tiger blood to yeah, consume. Yeah, yeah. Tiger the, blood. Give short, me some short king. Give me some short crank and short, short legs. Uh, but places for but you, the, for the pedals were like perfectly placed for heel towing. The shifter was like super super easy. The brakes worked well. Yep. Yeah. Tons of power. Very very fast for what you know for thirties. Yeah. Um, and they said that uh, Mr. Collier had done over 20,000 miles in That's this right. Car. That's what he told me. I was, yeah. like, shocked. I was, like, he's so, so nice. Yeah. It rode well. I mean, it was, like, it was easy as fucking pie to drive. It was. I was, like, maybe I need to get into some pre-war shit. And then um, my friend Andrew Frankel from the Intercooler was also there. Mm-hmm. And he drove it, too. And he was, like. They're not all like this. <laughs> this one is special. They're not. They're That's what's not so unique like about Mr. Collier and the whole Residence Institute is they use, I mean, the fact that you had the opportunity to drive that and the fact that yeah, they use cool. all their cars. In the know, rain. No in the less. rain. And well, Simeon was the only other guy. I mean, yeah. 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 It's yeah. the same. They, they were separated at birth when they're as car collectors. Yeah. yeah. They really. But I, th- I think it, I earned my to... way in by not crashing the C5R on track. <laughs> yeah, the that's only, there's only one of them. <laughs> yeah. That would not be a good look. You'd be exiled no. somewhere. And no, be like, and that car Matt? was hard to drive. Yeah. And Briggs wasn't a big guy, so you know it was. Uh, uh, what's his name drove it? <sighs> Briggs Cunningham didn't drive it. He didn't race it. No, he. Um, oh He's... Jesus. You'll somebody famous. Yeah, it's so, somebody so, so you some heard of. It wasn't. Guy. It wasn't like Phil Hill, but it was like right. somebody on that level. Um, can you, you race Lamar for Cunningham in 1953? It's somebody that is like well a legend. Known. Yeah, um, and small. And small. Yeah, it was uh, terrible ergonomics in those cars. So what um, else can you? I mean, to but, your question, there, there's parts of the market that's still great buys. I mean, you, we were talking about early 911s. The 60s cars have come off. They've dipped, and so you know, and it's always cyclical. Uh, the the, you the rabbit hole. buy right now a, a, a V8 Vantage. Oh yeah, yeah. Like a four point seven car. We've yeah. been it's talking a about great this. looking, great driving car. Built really well, yeah. actually, especially by Aston standards. Yeah. Yeah, built yeah. really well. Um, Cheap fun. Yeah. yeah. Seventy five grand gets you a great one. And if you're yeah, if you you're buying one from the guy that took great care of it, yeah. get those service records. Yeah. Because you don't want to spend the seventy five and then ten. Yeah. Um but yeah, the big bang for the buck. Yeah. They those held up with the first gen cars have held up really well. What about you know what I'm starting to see is the, the early nineties like virages and no, stuff. No, no absolutely no, not. Run. One of the worst cars ever made. <laughs> absolutely you couldn't you for free you'd be going, God damn it, I got another ten thousand dollar bill. I got another bill. No, absolutely. Expensive and the driving experience is not worth it. Awful. Okay. Absolutely awful. I've never driven one. Yeah, terrible. Even the V600s were plenty of grunt, and they're now legal in the United States. Um, 
to straight line. Yeah. And then the rest of it, forget, it's too big. The suspension's not right. They're under brake. That and is an odd-looking automobile. It's like the greenhouse is one car. The V600? The, the, uh, the Virage. Yeah. The lower oh, yeah. half is like yeah. a Buick really Century Coupe or something. And you, if you're driving an automatic and you put it in reverse, the back end of the car lifts up about <laughs> six inches. It's like, why does it? Because it like torques up the rear. That's and very funny. <laughs> they made, I think they made 51 in 1991 for the States. We should, and they, go corner that, we should go corner that market. Yeah. You buy all of them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're all TMU, by the way. We'll rest, we'll rest the, our rod them. The Odo is in the uh, computer that crapped out 15 years ago. Yeah. Oh, so they're really? all TMU. Was it the same as like the Lagonda computer? No, Lagonda had a, uh, a backup mechanical. In, under the hood, Under right? the hood. So God, I love a Lagonda. What is I your, know I don't really want one, but I kind of want one. Oh, they're so, so ugly. They're amazing. Times. I love you them. You won't fit in that car mm-hmm. either. I know. <laughs> you what you, do, you fit in the back well, seat. Well, what you do is you get you get someone that's fucking out of their mind to turn one into a Lagonda coupe. A coupe. And you'd end up with like a Camog almost mm-hmm. sort of thing. So the Sultan did did a right. handful of those two, yeah. I think, Tickford. Yes. And he, he, he also did a wagon, and our did, friend Bo Bachman owns yes, it. Yes, he Ooh. does. Yeah, he owns the wagon. He does. Didn't you? Did you drive it? Or are you gonna drive it? Gonna drive it. He's gonna. Zach's doing does a thing for it. Bo still yeah. have the evil Knievel Lagonda yeah. too. He's got yeah, five. Yeah, he's got five Lagondas. Those cars are gigantic. I love this guy. But inside, you Bo? No, I don't know. Oh, you no. love fucking Bo. Uh, he sounds he's amazing. Good, he's, he's a good great. dude. His dad just passed away, which this is too past bad. weekend. Yeah. Really yeah. good guy. I sent him a note. He but Bo is a legend. Really? Yeah. He 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 owns Galpin, which is the biggest Ford dealer in the universe. Oh yeah. And he has a car collection yes. of the weirdest <laughs> shit you could ever imagine. We sold him, he's just Tim great. sold him a car. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the RS, the yeah. 964 RS yeah. that he bought. Oh, yeah, yeah. the Ruby Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing went nuts on well, BAT. He, and, you know, I, I love him because he loves <laughs> pink and purple. Yeah. That's it. That's all his <laughs> shit. And so when he saw my car, he's like, welcome to the family, oh, you yeah. fucking psycho. <laughs> <It's in. laughs> he sent a really cool um, ultraviolet 964 cab to uh, Luft uh-huh. that was ultraviolet oh, I saw the pictures blue of that. interior. That looks awesome. It looked good. Crazy. He's got well, that funny. rin speed thing too. The rin speed he's yeah, got and he has a uh, really a pink weird. 4 GT. He has three new 4 GTs but he ordered a new one that was pink. Like, uh-huh. yeah. just he also up. has a he has a Ruby Stone <laughs> 944S cab mm. with um, a, a burgundy interior oh, wow. for a German delivery car. Oh, it's oh. amazing. It's really fucking cool. I love like themes like that. Like yeah. when some guy has an esoteric theme, like you know, he just doesn't. It, you know, he, he collects We're finding what he likes. good yeah. themes. He's Gordon fun, Murray, dude. we spoke to a couple weeks ago. Yeah. all his cars are under a thousand kilograms. That's oh. his theme. That's his it's theme. It's a good fucking That's a theme, good theme. Right? Yeah, engineering yeah. to its peak. Yeah. What did we just? We talked to someone else that had a great theme too. Um, oh shit! I don't know if that. Uh, I, I, it's gone. I, it's, it's gone just, now. It's gone now. Sorry. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Get back here. Oh. It's, it's all fucked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Butterfly. Get out of there. Get out of That's all right. No, we, having, having themes, I mean, it's it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. and Gordon, are you, you going to argue with Gordon about it? I can't really? argue with yeah, Gordon no, about I mean, anything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a he's terrible. the fucking G. Yeah, correct. <laughs> he's well, he's one of my favorite interviews of all time. He's mm-hmm. amazing. And you heard you heard the great Haggerty story. We're not Haggerty bashing. No. You heard the great Haggerty story of him walking up to the hospitality tent. No, it, they not Laguna. let him in. Yeah, 
Really? He was, he was with Magnus, and Magnus was on the list, and Gordon wasn't. And the oh my gosh. Dipshit with the clipboard went. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> You're not on the list. Oh my god, he that's just, amazing. He just turned and, and went he's, the other. Yeah, and he's just, way too nice to pull a. Do you know who I am? Yeah. That's not him. But just, like, oh god, that's. Yeah, terrible. You gotta get. You I'll gotta catch get up with you later, Mag. You gotta. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> yeah. get a few more. Can you get with, me a sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> Would you give me a little coke and a sandwich? We're trying to find a way to drive his T33. We really want to go in that thing. So that would be go to the UK, I guess, and go drive one. Have to go to the UK, yeah. but they're bringing uh, they're bringing a pair of them to the US for mm. um, Monterey. Is Canapa still the the, the they're point gonna, guy? They're the distributor, yeah, right. yeah. So that's and good. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah and Bruce is the king of telling me I can drive something until it's time to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, no that's funny. Yeah, drive uh, my nine, drive my eight hundred horsepower nine fifty nine. Oh damn! I just sold it. Yeah. Wait till I build the next one. No, I'm just <laughs> I, lo- I love Bruce, but that that happened twice. <laughs> Yeah, come drive it. Oh, I just sold it. Drive the next one. Let's go to the UK. It'll be fun. We'll go for three or four days. We'll go to the Royal Automobile Club. It'll be fun. I I haven't been to the UK since 2018. I need to go. I have to make some fucking rounds, man. Yeah. Caffeine and machine. We got to do it. We got to see Richard Tuttle and his crazy, like, thousand kilogram car. He's he's building and building and building. We were just there last last fall. We were just there. Yeah. I got to see this. What's it called? His operations uh, really Bister impressive. Heritage, yeah. I gotta see that also thing. Good. Yeah. Also, James all, Turner and those guys, yeah. they're, they're great dudes. There's a whole bunch they of shit I gotta there. do over yeah, there. Yeah, we yeah. got. I love. That's a nice setup. If you want to go sometime, you just go. Let, let's go. Cause we gotta yeah. fuel the jet. Yeah, we, let's we, go. Let's <laughs> fuel the jet. <laughs> Pack the bag, Zach. We're going. Tell me when a patron has I'll something to sell and is sending the jet, and then oh, we'll go. <laughs> that hasn't uh, happened in a while. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Yeah, I, no, but that's you could kill uh, you could kill a month there doing that. I know. It, yeah. If you can that's condense four or five days, you can land, hit the ground running, mm-hmm. and just keep driving through just the West Country side where yeah. all the places that are There's there. There's so, so many great people yeah. over there. So many great people in the industry over there. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I need I I'm I'm long overdue for a loop and the list of shit I gotta do over there is long. See, that goes back to your original where could they do something? You could probably do an English car themed event. Mm-hmm. Probably. In either the Docklands in London, yeah. or you could do that's where you could pull this off, but it would have to be a little broader. Get the RAC involved, whatever it is, and go, we're doing this. Yeah. You know. Tea and crumpets. Yeah. <laughs> Crumpet catching. Um, this, yeah. We should be the promoters and we'll land there and just exactly. like, we're going to offend everyone. Uh, we're going to call it tea and crumpets and can you guys bring your cars? <laughs> exactly. Uh, what are you doing for Rensport? Are you going to do anything special? I don't know. Uh, we will. We will see. Porsche has sent the invite. So okay, um, are you gonna do it like a podcast? Maybe then? I, maybe that'd yeah, be cool. We'll, we'll we'll see what uh, I. Ha- it's it's so far away. Other yeah. than marking the dates, I. It haven't. seems like it's far away, but it's like right around the corner. It's like, like oh. September. Yeah, what's well, yeah, the very like, end? Does September. That, it's like right around the corner. It's May. Well, you've yeah. got stuff in between. Yeah. Can we talk about the thing you showed me on your phone downstairs yet? That'd be an announcement. I guess it's fine. But sure. What'd you buy? <laughs> <laughs> He spends all his candy uh, money on cars. <laughs> I, this hasn't been announced to anybody, really. I think, even, wow. uh, yeah. So, uh, I, I last year when I raced Pikes Peak, I was racing the GT4 category, and I think everyone in the world were, was lo- looking at what Hoonigan was doing with their car, and then what Joey Seeley did with uh, his project, which is based on a GT3R, a 2017 model, and uh, so what Reese Millen did in that car, what Joey and Reese did in that car last year, and I. You ever see something that's so, like, I saw the car, the engineering, and all the passion that Joey put into that thing, and I just fell in love with it. 
and uh, an opportunity. He called me up. And he said, "Are you racing again?" I said, "Yeah, I'm going to go back and defend the title, and I want to break the record." I was really strong about going back and breaking the record in the GT4 class. And he goes, "Well, why don't you consider racing the GT3R?" And so it just all came about, and now. I'm gonna, we have a multi-year program, and I'm really excited about jumping up. It's, it's quite a jump, and you're going 420 horsepower to 1200 horsepower. Yeah, but you have, but you've run it how many times now? Yeah, last year was my second time. And, oh, is that only two? Yeah. Oh wow. My first race ever was Pikes Peak. But you, but you, <laughs> what? But ever. you were Fuck, literally, man. you were like a lot ahead of the second place person last year. I remember seeing the gap. Yeah, and it was big. Yeah, it was big. Wasn't yeah. it like? What was the gap between your first place big. finish? It was and big. Not, I, I know you're a modest guy, but yeah. it wasn't like 20 seconds or something. It was two minutes. It was More two than that. minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's a big, that's yeah. a big gap. So, yeah. okay. So, you know, you're clearly uh, far beyond what that class is offering at this point, right? Yeah. It's so fun. But. It's so fun. And I really, I got a lot of experience last year uh, racing the World Racing League WRL, which is a great series up and coming. And there's so many pros racing in that series because it's like, it's cheap practice for them. And then you have all the amateurs that are shooting for SRO or IMSA. And it's it's becoming a feeder series. And I got, I raced most of that season last year. And that really helped me with the build to Pikes Peak, just building that car to car, wheel to wheel. But Pikes Peak, we don't. You've had this discussion on the show, and at Pikes Peak, it's such a different time attack format. Sure. I mean, there's so many other variables at play. But you have to respect um, the mountain. It's a different race. It's always inclement weather. Hardly ever. Yeah, perfect last conditions. year was like a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it was, I can't believe they ran the race. It was once I saw the videos, I was like, "Oh my god!" Was yeah, nuts. That was that yeah. Was shady. Like every guy, every person, every lady and guy that went off the starting line, we all had some serious challenges. Yeah. Like when I was in the W's, it was just totally socked in. I literally was white lining it, and you know that's part of the fun of it. I mean, you don't go to Pikes Peak, you don't go there because it's it's such a nuanced thing. It's what's so great about motorsports. It's one of the best races in the world, but it's like Woodstock. No one. You just go because you love it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're racing there because you absolutely love it and the challenge. And you know. that was the vibe I got from going last year. Was my first time going. So, what I, was your impressions? Because it's hard. I mean, it was really cool. I mean, it, it 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 it's not often that you see you know real like not factory efforts, but like almost factory efforts. Yeah, uh, right next to a guy that literally built the car in his Garage. shed. Yes. Right. and not not modified a car in his shed. Like, right. Built some shit with tubes. Yeah, and it just works. Yeah. It works really well. And some of those, and those the are really fast. Have won like ten years in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. First yeah. Time. yeah. Um, and it's it's just so clearly like each person versus the mountain. Yes. People don't even really. I mean, they want to win. They want to beat the other drivers, but not at the expense of, of the other said. driver doing badly. Or yeah. you know, no one wants to beat someone that has a mechanical. No one wants to beat someone yeah. whose window defogger isn't working. Nobody yeah. wants to beat someone. And it's who a whole month has process. Most yeah. most people don't realize you're there for the whole month doing all those practices, and you develop a real camaraderie. It's not like wheel to wheel racing where you see the yeah, other team authentic. and yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. you don't you don't want them to do well when. Right. wheel racing, uh, you know, it, it, you develop a real sense of camaraderie because you are racing against the mountain. Right. You're racing against yourself in the mountain. So in this new car, uh, is Joey going to come yeah. work for you or whatever? That's the agreement. Your team? Yeah, he's running the program, and uh, I'm really looking forward to. You know, we're small. We're both small business owners, so just the art. 
the artisan that we do in our daily lives, our restoration company and Vintage Motorsports and what he does and his custom builds and his products for performance, it's like a perfect merger of our passion and ideology about what we do. You're going to repaint the car? Uh, we're not. We're oh, gonna put a different course. livery. Yeah, 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 yeah of yeah. course. So, yeah. well, your GT4 is paint, isn't it? It's all that's painted. Not, yeah, that's yeah, it's not, all painted. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's a ballsy move to paint the livery in a race car. That was our shop manager. He said we can't go to Pikes Peak and have a wrap. He's like, let's but do this. Are you this racing that same car in WRL with painted livery? No, no, no. Oh, you're no, not. Okay. No, no. I was gonna say that's no. That, that, that way, that's yeah. that's ballsy. That's wheel really to wheel with a painted livery. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm gonna keep the GT4. Then you're gonna sell it. I don't know. Put it in the yeah. auction. It's going to swap it with you for yeah. your, your you gotta BMW. you got to put it in the auction. <laughs> it's funny because that club sport, you know, don't you want to talk sir. about a niche thing, but that club <laughs> sport idea. market, and they're starting to hit now, the, the market, you know, 718s and previous generations. It's a great car. If you were looking for a tra- track car, yeah. that is <laughs> a on. great car. Oh, they're so approachable. Uh, it's a bulldog. So it just takes to, a bit. Easy to drive. Easy to drive, fun to drive, yeah. drive on the limits, ultimate momentum car, and, and they're affordable to run. Yeah. By the time you get to the mountain, does it start to feel slow, though? Yeah. You know, last year when I ran, I was telling Zach this, and it has nothing, this is not braggadocious. I just, when I got to the line, I was so amped last year. I was so ready to go, and, and Zort opened the, the door, and I looked up, and he said, push it. And he's never said anything like that mm-hmm. to me in my entire life. And, and so he, I, had the, I was already amped, ready to go. And I was telling Zach, like, I was so in the moment. It's like a re- religious experience because you're so present that I don't remember one aspect of the drive. Like when I watch the in-car video and all that, I don't remember any of it. Wow. And that's, it's the drug. Zach and I were talking about it. It's the drug for anyone that races. Yeah. You're so in the moment. You're, mm-hmm. It's such a different level of consciousness. Because you're subconscious, I mean, you're just completely present. Yeah. I, I, that's why I think a lot of people are drawn to those types of activities. Yes. Because it's the only way they can really turn their brain yeah. off of everything else. That's part of the reason I'm drawn to it and yeah. motorcycle riding. We, we talk about this book I've read called The Power of Now, which I really recommend. And, Eckhart and, Tolle. Yeah. yeah it's, you, a great, it's one of the best books ever. Yeah, it's great. And yeah. so uh, it's if you... You know, if you can't turn your brain off, yeah. you know, turn to motorcycling or skiing or mm. racing cars or something where if you aren't focused, you die, you know, or whatever. Reading that book was a real turning point in my life, though, because you really you start to understand the finite. And we talk about this and we see this in memes every day about the finite reality of mortality. Mm-hmm. Time. That's all we have is assets. Mm-hmm. And I started, I always wanted to race, but I wanted to create my own success, successful business so I could pay for my own racing. It wasn't up to my father to do that, you know. And when you're an amateur racer, gentleman driver, and you're trying to really hone your craft and be at least competitive, as competitive as a pro, and you're always going to be seconds off, you'll never have the amount of seat time. But that's the ultimate challenge. And last year, I was so focused on our program, everyone else is getting the media attention. And I love that. Like, I love being an underdog. And... You know, that was us in the restoration world for so long. Of who are these hicks from North Carolina? And, you know, to we me. say it, that now, but you guys are more. <laughs> they changed the hillbilly, though. That's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah, but misnomer. Everything, everything in life is passion. Like, what do you want to put time into Yeah, to be really good at it? Yeah. Well, a lot of guys, how many drivers do you know say, I'm most relaxed in my life when I'm in the car. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. It's, quite a few. It's that's yeah. it. You, if you're in there, and I and I'm, we joke about it because I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. I'm fondly referred to as Captain Slow, and 
Yeah, when I, we go on drives, it's like, well, okay, we're going to have to stop here. <laughs> it's going to be I'll a 20-minute rest. <laughs> here comes, and here comes Steve. Here comes Steve-O. Every time I've been on a group motorcycle ride, uh, that's been me. I ride uh, motorcycles uh, slow. Uh, I, I can drive fast, but I, I'm so scared to go fast on a motorcycle. Yeah. Too much to lose. Yeah, there's a lot to lose. Yeah. Zach, do we have anything on the Patreon today? Yeah, a bunch of questions. All right, cool. Um, Unfortunately, um, we had a power uh, surge this morning, we and it somehow has fried our HDMI monitor connection. It's not so nice. So if you want to ask questions thing. of our guest, oh, you just give me the laptop? Okay, cool. We'll do yeah, we had to do this old school organically. Like, I know, no... we had to like, not look at things. It's just fucking crazy. But <laughs> you want to ask happened. questions like Steve of our Steve was already on his phone. Like, or, no, like, well, he's well, he's fucking second. phone he, down, He's detoxing. It's not a commercial break, homie. Come on. It's not like Spike, they read the ads in the middle of the show. <laughs> do that shit separately. Which reminded me, I want to take a, a picture of my Get, headphones. If you're going to be on the goddamn podcast. Put it on the side of your car. <laughs> if you're going to be on the podcast, talk into the microphone. Okay. I'm we do radio sorry. here. We do don't n- fucking lean back against the wall. Do not beat the table. Ian. I'm not going to beat the table. It's very I was just saying, man, I want a decal of my face yeah. on the side of Cam's car. You should. <laughs> that would be actually very funny. Angry, angry, angry cereal. cereal. Angry cereal. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lucas says, uh, of course, all our questions, patreon.com slash the Smoke Entire Podcast. Uh, Lucas says, will the trend of buying six-figure exotics online, sight unseen, continue? Great I've question, gotten Lucas. burned twice yeah i think it's not going away it's not going away i'm sorry that you got burned twice there was obviously a deficiency in the description and or um the inspection of the car correct i i think the online part of it is just the tool you still have to do your due diligence it's a caveat emptor don't believe the person selling you the car unless it's west side collector cars <laughs> look at the 600 nice pictures do the walk around and if you're spending six figures on a car get on a plane and go look at the car or find or send somebody find to go someone locally right to yeah. do it or find yeah. the find the really trusted subject matter expert and you know lay out another two thousand dollars to yeah. have someone really vet it to do a critical p- friends just inspection. launched an auction site in the uk called carhuna oh yeah and Got the press release about that and they're going after instead of uh individual selling cars dealership selling cars to make their life easier so there's eight thousand car dealers in the uk and they're focused on 1100 of them to participate yeah. so that's and they're going after guys with big cars they're not going after the toyota dealers mm-hmm. so yeah, it's it's going to be around for a long time. I'm amazed that, you know, we, we sell cars on behalf of our clients here, you know, using Bring a Trailer and Cars and Bids and, yeah. and P-Car and whatnot. Well, and, people never um, show up to look at them. Yeah, these cars sell and 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 to and to people who don't come look at them in person and and I'm always shocked. I am too. What's the car mind, business yeah. that just went bust that was selling Carvana. cars? Carvana. Yeah. But that's it's like who would buy a car sight unseen in a used car? We're just so used to buying shit online. Correct. The psychology this, so the psychology used. is totally now, changed. granted, yeah. buy, I think buying ago, on yeah. you know having 200 pictures mm. and scans of service records and the kind of things mm. that those auction sites require is better than a Craigslist ad. Correct. But it's not. It still hides a yeah. book. You can but still, I know so yeah. many th- instances where a seller is selling something and they can't tell paint work, blend work, yeah. accent. I mean, to the novice person, layman yeah. person, they're not going to be able to tell that. There's also people who see things that aren't there. Correct. Of in course. photos. Oh, you know? yeah. The ghosts. Yeah. We Do had guys, one guy. Are you guys yeah. able to, uh, like you said, you can pay an expert to go look at the car. Right. Obviously, in person is the best way to do it. But are there things that you can see doing, like a, you know, a virtual assessment, just looking at the 600 photos on Bring a Trailer, that 
you know, an, an astute buyer can't? Or do you think it's always better to fly there and look at it? I think it's just always better to fly and touch and feel. I mean, you can see things like that's not an original, whatever, gasket, steering box, whatever. If you know what to look for. Yeah, but if you don't know what to look for, right. pay the expert. Pay the expert. Right? Yeah. And look for what they're not showing you. If right. there's an omission, mm. like in an auction catalog, if mm. something is not mentioned, it's mm. not mentioned for a reason. Look for the omission. And that's the giveaway to go. That's the first thing you go looking after. Yeah. Uh, Philip LaFranca says, at what time period was Porsche at their best? Their current road cars are fantastic, but was there ever a time when they were better? Interesting. Well, like... Depends how you have... You have to choose a... choose a, uh, choose a Well, or and choose uh, the thing that they may be better or worse at. Like, they're probably the best they've ever been now, but I like the size of the 997 better. So, like, I don't sure. know. I think they're more revolutionary in the 50s. If you look at what they were building in the 50s until you get to the Gullwing or mm -hmm. the th any 300 SL, they were revolutionary with the 550, the RSKs, the RS61s. I mean, that's, to me, when they were leading the pack on technology and everybody Correct. went, what, is the, what are these little cars going so quickly? Everyone else was building tractors. Yeah, why are these one little 1.6 1, 1. and 2-liter cars doing so well? Yeah. Mm. Um, Corey says, is it possible to recoup value in a used car by over-caring for it, locating and keeping all maintenance records, frequent oil changes, using the correct gasoline type, even cool photos of the car during your ownership, et cetera, et cetera? It's certainly possible to increase the value of a car by documenting it. And There's no doubt that you increase value. If you're a fastidious owner and document everything, Someone like ourselves in the industry or that potential next owner wants, I mean, it's an easier sell. Oh, yeah. here's all the service records. Here's, yeah. a, here's the photos. So, yeah. Corey, you're on the right but track. But there is a balance. Like yeah. Beyond a certain point, yeah. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know, it's so. an increasing liability um, at some point. Right. Like, um, for instance, if you, if you uh, spend, let's just call it, I don't know, let's call it, you spend two grand refinishing all the wheels. Yeah, no, that's But a, it only returns... Maybe a thousand or fifteen hundred in increased value. So there's a balance for right. sure. Mm -hmm. Right. But the stuff that is free or cheap, yeah, do as much of that as you can. Hundred percent. Those nerds that write down the like service. every time they when put they have the when they have the diary yeah. and like mile fourteen. Yeah, you yeah. want to sell old, you want to sell an old car? Have it come with a logbook of the every time you put gas in. It, I love where those you get guys. The gas. Yeah. I mean that it's, it's fewer to run into those these days. Yeah, I love those cars. Yeah, those nerds are not. They're not around so much anymore, right? Mm -hmm. They're always engineers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the brain that does that. Yeah. Uh, Michael Cosgrove says uh, Cam has stated his interest in winning overall at Pebble Beach with a Ferrari restoration. Wow, Michael. Does that mean he oh. thinks that a Porsche will not ever achieve that honor? Where did if you so, get that why in not? inside baseball? Where did he get that? Did I, you was, uh, that? I was recently on the uh, buy, hold, sell for sports car market. Oh, yeah, yeah. So thanks for listening to that, Michael. Uh, <laughs> You know, I'm obviously a Porsche. I'm, I'm a Porsche man through and through. But uh, apparently not. Apparently not. But I do think the the trend of Pebble Beach and pre-war cars winning the overall. There's only one, been a couple instances. John Shirley with the last Ferrari with the mm -hmm. sports car that won, and I do think it's going to have to be a limited edition Ferrari to win Pebble Beach. I think it would probably be a Porsche. Potentially, if it were to win, it would be a historic race car. I just don't know if Pebble can do that. It doesn't work with the term elegance. Yeah, elegance. And so that's, that's the real challenge. That's, that's, the, mm, that's right? the real hook. Yeah. That yeah. It's something there still has to be very elegant. Yeah. 
Interesting. Is that yeah. because just the focus? I mean, Concorde de Elegance, like that's why Mercedes wins because it's they've always focused on luxury versus performance. Yep. Even though performance yeah. has become a byproduct almost. It still has to look just like swooningly elegant. It, it still has to have that element. But yeah. the, it's not to say that the tide's turning because we've competed there so many times with Porsches and the form and function aspect of the Porsche DNA, all the reasons that make Porsche so great. It, it's something different on the field because you have yeah. all these angular You get a class win with a Porsche, yes, right? Yes, yes. For sure. Yeah, we've mm -hmm. done that yeah. multitude of times. Yeah. Yes. Especially with something like a 904 or something that's not yeah. a 356. Yeah. Uh, Prashan says, how closely does a Miata actually mimic the driving experience of a classic sports car? That's a great question. Uh, if you're talking about like an MG or a Triumph or an Austin Healey, like reasonably close, yeah, actually. Correct, Even yeah. an old Lotus Salon. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. sure. Reasonably close. Yeah. Power their weight, a little nimble. Yeah. Uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, we already answered. <laughs> answer, uh, Steve, will you please share your thoughts on the Aston Martin Virage? I think we've already covered that. Uh, <laughs> Meh Run. has two questions, and I'm yeah. choosing the more interesting <laughs> of the two. I have a low mileage 997 turbo mm. thinking about getting out of it and into a 355 Ferrari. Huh. Uh, thoughts on that trade from a value and fun perspective. The fun perspective is great. The service perspective is a nightmare. 355 is a very fragile car. They yeah. always have been. And Especially a spider. Oh, jeez. I mean, <laughs> we're going through that now with a couple of clients that have them. And God damn, do they drive good. They drive I mean, great they're when they're awesome. on, fun, but don't. Fun as fuck to yeah. drive. And great looking, I yeah. mean, obviously. There comes a point where it's the oh, Jesus moment when... Whether it's valves or, I mean, pick the weak point of the engine. It was just never engineered as robustly as it should have been. Um, fun, yeah. If, I mean, if you, if you had two brand new examples with no mileage on them, but he couldn't have one of the, fun. He couldn't have one of the best turbos. I mean, that yeah. you could own that car for the rest of your life. And yeah. here's the secret: 1994 348 GTS. Oh. It's almost all the way to a 355, right. but it doesn't have the crazy, the crazy valves, the valves and, the and valves. it has manual steering. It yeah. doesn't have that 90s power steering. You've got to find a it's good one. I know. That's the problem. It's, it'll cost you, yeah. but it'll cost you almost as much as a 355. Mm -hmm. But They were orphaned for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but they're the, that's the secret. Um, okay. Um, I do love a 355, though. Mm -hmm. Being looking. a 90s kid, I'm the like, oh. It's a great-looking yeah, oh, yeah. car. I Beautiful. love the coupe. Screams, too. Okay, here's an interesting one. Luke Talian says, I may have a career opportunity that takes me all over the Middle East for mm. years at a time and then back to the U.S. I'm getting free shipping to the Middle East for a vehicle of my choice. I'd love to have something unique to drive around the Middle East and then sell over there before I come back to the U.S. Hmm. $60,000 budget. What should I buy? What is the most popular vehicle affordable in the U.S. and expensive or unobtainium in that part of the world? Currently thinking a 2016 uh, GT350 Shelby. It's actually a pretty good choice. That's, that's yeah, actually a, a really that's great pretty good that's choice. I think, he's dialed, I think he's dialed in on that. That's a good choice. That's something over there they're going to be like, whoa, that's... Yeah. Because those people have everything they've ever wanted. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not that's a broad stroke of the entire Middle East, but depending on where you're going, you either need a pickup truck with a gun mounted on it, or, or you're or, going to a very wealthy part of the world yeah. where... 
they discard cars instead of trading them in. They just they leave them. <laughs> or there would um, be a number. One of thing you don't want to do is bring a car back here from the Middle East. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that. That's where I thought he was going. Like, what should I bring back? There'd well, be, what, what's good about bringing a car there is if you get a car here that's got like really good service records yes. and all that stuff, and then you're the only person who owns it over right. there. That's a leg up over all the garbage that everyone else right. is selling over there. I yeah, think no, he nailed it with I think that. Habibi though. came but up with a great, you know, three fifty. Can you service pretty, that engine over there? Like, it's a Ford, yeah. right? They have four dealers. It had some problems. You could do, there's a lot of Corvettes you could open up to. Yeah, a lot of Corvettes or a... 2015 Camaro Z28, Ooh. also, which has a, a rarity element to it. I would take the um, wife beaters and put them in the car as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a copy of it's the Transformers movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of fucking Transformers. Cheeto stains stickers. on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and fingers. <laughs> But, I mean, that's a car that would be nice to road trip around in and could be pretty cool. The Bond Group, Road Scholars Edition Cheetos stains. That's a livery. There's your livery There's for a livery. Joey's car. Yeah. Cheeto okay. stains on both sides of the car. Yeah. Fingers. Like tiger, are those tiger stripes or Cheeto stains? Cheeto stains. All right. Here's uh, Zace, Zace C. Uh, Sixty to $75,000 budget. I live in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Use a car for weekend fun drives. Should I buy, or would you recommend, three choices here. A, a solid 964 with a recent top end, assuming means a Carrera 2. Yeah. B, a decent 993, or C, a 996 turbo with a stick. I would with go 996 turbo. 996 turbo with a stick, says yeah. Cam. Well, I, I'm more of a fan of the 993 because it's a softer ride. And if you're in Brooklyn, and mm. I guess the caveat is I assume you have a parking space inside somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I, I would go with the softer ride. Uh, Cam would go with the I'd faster I'd definitely do 993 car. over the 964. That yeah, was, uh, that I'd, probably, I'd probably go 993 also. Yeah. Good balance of... Usability and fun. Mm. Even the 993 RS that we have in this auction that I used to own, um, it's absolutely fine on the roads in Boston, and the roads suck. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Good. Good option. Uh, let's see. Um, Jake says, Cam, are there any recreations or clones of quote plastic Porsches? Uh, from the sports prototype golden era that have caught your eye as an expert on the originals. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the 910 recreation, which sold on Bring a Trailer for 225000 Seems like a bargain, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. Uh, the builder appeared similar to the level of Persang Types 35s. Yes, he's any, right. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, I saw that auction, and I, didn't, I was not aware of that builder, but... He, building something very accurate and authentic in terms of the construction and materials. And if, if you've had the you know fortune of driving a 904, 906, and 910, the 910 is such an evolution over the 906 that that's a really fun experience. Now, that's a chunk of change, $200,000, but that's an amazing experience to have and one of the best prototype cars ever built. That would be the prototype car I would own. Yeah. Out of all the prototypes, that would be the, the 910 is the perfect balance of everything. Wholeheartedly agree with that. The yeah. suspension's better developed, the wheels, the brakes, everything about it is... is there it, used to be a company in England, and I'm 
blanking that made those 904s that were right yeah. on the dot. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah because uh, Clarky had one. Yeah. Um, Not Beck. No. no. Uh, they make a fantastic 904 replica. And from three feet, you can't. You can't. You can't really? tell. Yeah, I mean, it's very um, genuine to the build, the des- original design. And, and they're about a half a million dollars done. Yeah. They're, they're, I think probably for 600. For a replica 904? replica yeah. 904. Yeah. And you can um, put a two point, you know, guys put 2.7s in them. They put, you know, What's a real 904 worth? Lots. Well, you get a for a great one. You got to get into the high twos yeah. and then really go right up to the most anybody's ever spent for one is the number is starts with a five. So it's it's, it's man five hundred grand for something that ain't real. That would well, be tough my for my me. bigger question about the the replica nine ten is what are you going to do with it if you just want to drive it around and race it at the fucking members meeting? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> probably. But I think they're they're starting <laughs> to do away with that. They're yeah, starting yeah. to do away with that stuff. Yeah. You know, like uh, you Monterey the, yeah, Monterey Historics is getting car. away from that. You know, you Good you got to bring the real car. I, I asked I asked some some British folks about that, and yeah. I was like, what percentage of GT forty racing at Goodwood are real. He's like, zero. Zero. Same, Same with the Ferrari. Same with the Ferrari. The GTO that crashed a couple of years ago. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's a complete clone of the car the guy yeah. has in his garage. Um, <laughs> this one is for Steve. Very yeah. specific. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Metro Boston, and your dealership was always on my car spotting loop when I was in high school. Oh, I loved you. your tucked away location, but I thought it was unconventional for a business that would seem to benefit from foot traffic. How did you end up being located there, and did that low-key location impact your new Aston and Lotus business not being in a super visible commercial location at a time when online media was not what it is now? Hmm. That's Um, a great question. You hit the nail right on the head where uh, I think if if you're local to Boston and you know the Route 1 auto mile where the new dealer where I sold my business, where that's gone to, I think we benefited from lack of foot traffic because it was a destination. And for my salesman's sanity, we did not have a lot of time wasters coming in Hmm. who might have been enthusiasts, but time wasting can be derogatory. But it's like, hey, we're not here to be a museum and you look around all you want and have a great time. No, you can't take a car for a test drive and it's 16 years old and no, on a Saturday, we don't want you coming in with ice cream and sitting in the cars. And so we were we were purposely <laughs> I totally, insulated. I relate to all of this. I, 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 <laughs> when we, I was a kid, yeah. I was that person. Yeah. And uh, We weren't yeah. open on Saturdays until yeah. the Elise came out. Out uh-huh. because the Elise was a Saturday uh, buyer. And That's we purposely were closed on yeah. Saturdays and Sundays because most of the people who wanted to buy an Aston would send their assistant over or would come over after hours at night, would not take their time out in the middle of the day and would find us. Yeah. Did it impact business? Well, most of my business was still in the classic car world, so no, it didn't. And it certainly didn't Im- impact the service department, which was always slammed. Yeah. Um, I hope we yeah, were kind it, to you when you came in. Well, there's not, there's <laughs> so. just, you know, you're selling expensive cars. It's not a lot of people just walk by and right. decide, yeah. hey, I'm going to buy a $300,000 car today. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. not, we, it's, these are not intersecting circles. Yeah, Aston hated it. They, they, they approved our location, then they hated it. 
And for a very short period, we were almost an Aston Ferrari dealer. And Ferrari was okay with the location. They just wanted us to build another standalone building yeah. across the street. Yeah. It was like, well, that doesn't pencil out. That happened with uh, with Miller Motor Cars in, uh, in Greenwich. Yeah. 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 They they they're in that beautiful old building forever. Which was Luigi Cinetti's building. That's right. right. But they made mm-hmm. them put the other brands in other buildings. Yep. They wouldn't let them sell other brands Couldn't out share of that a wall. building. That yeah. building is cool as fuck. Yeah, I love is. the Miller Motor so Cars building. Yeah. The wood floor in the service department? Yeah, Come not, on. Yeah. That shit is OG. Uh, you could live in that building. I love that place. I I, I interned there when I was a young kid. <laughs> really? I, yeah, oh. I washed cars in their lots. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So you, did you know the Koppelmans already? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's hmm. where my Vanquish came from, too. Oh, of course, because they, they ordered all of Ralph's cars. Yeah, so that's and right. then their, their like, main... Like Bugatti guy now, Evan Seigler. When he was 14, he interned for me at my car wash. <laughs> and when I met that kid, That's I hilarious. was like, this kid is going to move units. He's got and he's now the biggest Bugatti salesman in the country. Um, he's got, the, Miller. Tu- he's got yeah. the touch. He does. He's also and the, the Rolodex. Con- the concentric circle in the middle of where yeah. all the money is in right. that part of the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Which also helps. Also true. You know, that one block in Greenwich is just like... An automatic weapon. That's great. That's great. wrote a book about how to sell cars. I was like, well, put an asterisk on that book. Okay. Last one. The other ones are kind of... We'll save for the crew show. Ryan says, as a Porsche file who... Uh, drove my first group of Ferraris recently and once again fell in love. I feel a strong difference in sensation and driving experience between the two brands. Yeah. But I love both and felt that both brands seemed to stay close to their opus. Nice use of opus. Oh, that it was very nice. But how would you differentiate the two brands? How would you differentiate them? How would you Cameron differentiate there. Ferrari um, and Porsche? You know, every time I drive a Ferrari, the sound of it, is really intoxicating. Mm. The sound of any of the V8s and they're just intoxicating. It's hard to, and, and the, it's just such a, everything about it is different, but the seating position, if you've driven a lot of Porsches, it's it's just, it's it's a special experience because of the, the sound of Marinello. Yeah. And, and to me, I, I appreciate both brands. I, I, I love both brands, I'm a Porsche guy, but um, I think the, the, obviously we were talking a lot about service building usability. Oftentimes, a Porsche 911 of any generation is something you can easier easier to hop into and drive two hours or three hours, and you don't completely worn out when you get to that location. Maybe not as a visceral experience, but obviously a more usable, uh, usable thing. Yeah. So Porsche, they thought yeah. about ergonomics. Ergonomics, yes. And, and it's not that the flat engines don't sound good. Many right. of them do. Right. But it's not, it was not at the forefront of their priorities. Right. Ferrari, it was... Sound good. Yep. Look good. Design up from design from the outside. Everything yeah. and everything else is deeply secondary. I mean, the ergonomics of my 328 are right. fucking laughable. Yeah, right? it's compared to a G body Porsche. You've, of the same period. you've defined both countries yeah. with, with their product. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got. Um, Porsche the, does things that they attempt to do things the quote right way yeah. objectively. Ferrari's like, no, this is our way. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, this but is, you don't mess with the Tifosi. That's one yeah, thing yeah. I learned. I yeah, mean, yeah, no, I mean Ferrari. I mean it was always about the racing first, mm-hmm. the cars second, and the racing the cars back in the day, the manufacturing of the cars 
fed the racing. Yeah. And there's there's the difference in the company. Totally I mean, two different mindsets. Yeah, two two different mindsets, and and that's why I mean I've I've owned Ferraris, I've owned Porsches, and. I've I'm slanted much more German now later in life because I don't want to deal with the bullshit of owning an old Ferrari, mm-hmm. which is hard for a car from the 50s or 60s if you're going to use it all the time. Yeah. And stuff is going to break. Um, and But beauty-wise, it's hard. To, it's really hard to argue that Porsche has made more beautiful cars. I mean, they just different. I mean, they're more masculine, I suppose, uh-huh. and the Ferraris can be more delicate and gorgeous. Um it's mm-hmm. a difference between. I'm trying to think of the uh, who was the beautiful German skater, the woman years ago, uh, twenty years ago, Olympics. Uh, it, um, it doesn't matter. Um, Oksana Bayul. No, no. <laughs> I was going to make like a Monica Bellucci versus the, the German athlete. Yeah, woman. I don't know. I mean, there's the difference. She was Ukrainian, by the way. Yeah, so I think Oksana Bayul. I'm pretty sure. I'm <laughs> It's the only person I could think of. Olga Corbett. Yeah. Oh my God, um, this is great. Sidetrack. I don't know if you if you get up to the '80s though. I think the Ferraris are yes. pretty usable if you use them. Yes, yes. if you use them. If you well, use them. Mine is now that I've done everything on mine. Yeah. I've taken two 900 mile road trips in it, and it's, it's ace. the best. It's ace. Yeah. And it's it's nice. But same thing. I mean this. The usability and bulletproof nature of Porsche. If you buy a G body car and it has a hundred, two hundred thousand miles on it, yeah. you better hope someone was methodical about servicing it because yeah. it is equally a money pit. True, dude. The Ferrari, my three twenty eight costs the same to maintain as my G body Carrera. There you go. Fundamentally. Fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. The parts cost, the labor cost is yeah. about the same, and the engine doesn't have to come out. And yes. that's and that's a sweet spot as we talked about before when you were looking for it. That's a sweet spot car. Yeah. The three. 328, I would, uh, you couldn't give me a 308 really because uh, they're just not that quick. And the cars after that are much more fragile. And that three, 328 four, three feels year fast. It feels quick when you is, run it. Yeah. It makes a great noise. Yeah. I mean, the sound yeah, yeah. is fantastic. And it's it's a lot of fun. It's fun at regular people's speeds, yeah. which I really enjoy. Closing the door is not un Porsche like. I mean, that's a solid it's not feel. Quite as th- it's mm. not quite as good. Yeah, the but Porsche door slam is like, you go, oh, yeah, well, this isn't is Isn't it funny? The older you get, regular people's speeds is more compelling. Like yeah. when you drive a car and you know, driving slow cars fast, is, that's really the ticket. Especially used just, to driving fast too. We're like, yeah. all right, we've done that. You know, yeah. we've done the crazy yeah. things. We're driving yeah. really fast, and it, like we talked about earlier, with the, you know your adrenaline, like the threshold keeps going up. Yeah. So at a certain point, to get that charge or get that drug, you're yes. going way too fast for the street. So you find other ways to enjoy the cars. Hundred percent. I'm looking for a sensation of engagement more than I am looking for a speed. There's, yeah, yeah there's got to be something oral right? about it. There's, yeah. there really has to be. I use the second time I use the word authentic about it where you yeah. go that's memorable yeah that yeah. is really memorable and I look forward to doing it even if I'm driving for 20 minutes yeah yeah, yeah. it's a nice like treat yeah yeah well thanks for coming in guys hey thank thanks you. for having show. us thanks, good to see you thanks for letting us do it thanks for letting us insinuate ourselves upon your Look, Space I don't. Here. I don't know everybody's fucking travel schedule. There's people who come to town. They don't tell me they're coming to town, and then they're gone. And they go, "Well, we we could have done a show." It's like, well, at least you tell me when you're coming to town. You mean you're not stalking our Instagram, bro? <laughs> I do, but I didn't oh, say yeah, you're here. Um, but uh, that's amazing about the the new Pikes Peak car. That's very cool. Thanks. Car seems like it's fast as fuck. Excited. Um, can't wait to see what color you uh, wrap it in. Pink. It'll be fun. Pink. Frozen berry. 
Are you? <laughs> sick. Huh? That'd be sick. You should. Yeah. You Is should. there any sponsorship dollars? Because I'm yeah. a hoe. I'll be like. Sponsored yeah. <laughs> by TST. We don't know. And be coming. Dude, we, can't, we can't even get an HDMI port to work right now. I know. We can, you know <laughs> <laughs> Your dad's got a card problem. You have a card problem. There's yeah. a theme here. Yeah. I don't know what the deal There's is. There's a real theme with the yeah. cord issues, man. Of course, if you, uh, if you have a Porsche vintage that needs uh, restoration work, Road Scholars is uh, is the place for that. Thank you also you. have inventory that you're selling, and uh, and they've got stands at events and all kinds of stuff. If you see Road Scholars, you know it's good shit. Uh, and Serio, uh, if you want to <laughs> buy a fucking real shadily titled car. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Boy, can we tell you a story that we yeah. can oh, right yeah, now. Yeah. I wish oh, we could. Man. There's oh, so many Lack stories. of title car, but anyway. <laughs> oh, no. Serio's title bonds is your, your new business. <laughs> It should be. The yeah, number the of times group. I've talked up title bonds uh, with people recently is like, yeah. I've had this conversation five or six times about <laughs> title bonds. I don't know why. But, of course, the real bond group on Instagram Thank has you, nothing Matt. to do with title bonds. Um, no. Or James Bond, for or that James matter. Bonds. Rare, the rarest other than, other than your Aston Martin uh, connection, which... If there's not a new James Bond film, like what is the fucking what is Vantage magazine going to be about? This <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah, That's kind of funny. They're never going to stop. It's <laughs> true. Every issue of <laughs> <laughs> Vantage magazine. Have to come Which TV five are we talking about? From what era film? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Even the ones with the BMW guts in them from yeah. the last movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, we uh, we were supposed to have Sung Kang and Emilia on yesterday. We unfortunately had to uh, to bump the show. Uh, Sung got tied up because of the the WGA strike. Through the writer's strike in really? Hollywood. Yeah. Sung is an actor in The Fast and the Furious. He yeah. plays Han. Yeah. And he's a friend. He was going to come in and do it, but he had to do a whole bunch of other shit because this writer's strike is throwing his life into turmoil. I bet. Um, seems he seems like a, a cool dude. Isn't he? Oh, he's the coolest. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. He's really, really cool. This strike is not the first time. There's, there's not. Yeah. And so the last time they did it was the DVD thing. It was they were? It was, it was like 10, 15 years ago. I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was twelve they years did a ago. Strike yeah. to get residual uh, money from DVD sales because DVD sales were huge. <laughs> so. Yeah. Now I think it streaming. has to do with streaming. streaming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. We want our piece. We yeah. wrote this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, they should I'm get their pro, piece. I'm pro WGA yeah. on this one. Yeah. They yeah. should get their fucking oh, piece. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. All right. right, back in that awful infinity for you guys. <laughs> I'll pull it around for you. Thanks. Do not uh, thank Avis. Yeah. Rental car hell. Uh, we'll see the rest of y'all next week. Bye.